0: no story about podcasting that is not a cautionary tale that's a good that's a good quote for us right D- What, david yes no bits genuine question yeah what is the regional accent she's doing in this movie she's scottish isn't she is she supposed to be scottish or is she
1: irish uh i i'm gonna be honest with you yeah it's been it's, a while since it's you've seen this been a movie. second since i saw this movie yeah and now I can't remember if she's Scottish
0: or Irish. She's doing a very specific accent that I at first thought was Scottish, and then I was not so sure. Her
1: name Alethea uh-huh. suggests Scottish to me. Okay, so I just want to make sure. And and her last name is Binney, mm-hmm. which is a very Scottish name. Yeah, yeah, she's Scottish. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I
0: feel like Idris is often cited as one of the great accent actors of our time. Like he's kind of immaculate, but but uh, low Lowkey also up there
1: uh yeah that's true um but it's
0: uh she's it calls her a british scholar here but she's not she's scottish specific. that's the thing yeah. i was like is she doing a hyper regionally specific british accent or is she scottish no,
1: Scottish accent
0: yeah, 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 yeah folks this is a podcast called blank check with griffin and david i'm griffin i'm david it's a podcast about filmographies directors who experience massive success early on in their careers and are given a series of wishes yeah to make whatever crazy passion projects they At want. At least one wish. And sometimes those wishes clear. And sometimes he, they bounce, baby. He's he has
1: gotten two wishes out of Fury Road, would you agree? Because Furiosa obviously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is a a sure bet. Yes. But nonetheless, like him getting that funded is is not a guarantee, even I, with <laughs> the success of Fury Yeah.
0: Road. Yeah, it's a little bit similar to uh, the, the Nolan post-Dark Knight, yes. where it's like, you get to make Inception, and you get to make another Batman movie, but you really get to do whatever the fuck you want in that one.
1: But the difference is that with Nolan, it's like, you're like clockwork. You pump yeah. out a movie every yes. two to three years. Right. With Miller, it's like, you take a long time to make a movie, pretty much your whole career. He's not. He's no. not a, I mean, like... Right at the start, he was pretty fast, I get, you know, like through to Thunderdome. But, you know, then sure. it's start- so it's like, if, like, after Max Fury Road, knowing everything you know about that movie, yeah. Miller sits down and like, I want to make a prequel. No one in the room, including George Miller, is thinking, like, great, that'll be ready to go in a couple years. It t-
0: 20 years to get Fury
1: Road off the ground? Exactly. Right. And then making Fury Road was very, very involved.
0: Yes. He's not young. No, no, and the other thing was, at there at many points in time, he was like, "I'm doing two Mad Max movies back to back." Like he had Fury Road and Furiosa both planned out. Yes, and it was like he's going to do both of them, or he's going to make one of them animated or whatever. Right. So then, when it just became he's only doing Fury Road, it's like we're never going to see Furiosa. And then even when he was like, "No, I might do Furiosa," you're like, "Yeah, you might do Furiosa." How badly do you want to go back into the desert and shoot another Flaming Cars movie? Is Hemsworth playing a Morton Joe in Furiosa or is he playing someone new? He's playing
1: someone new. So who's playing a Morton Joe? Is it Tom Burke? No, That's I think a Morton Joe's not. No, he's in
0: it. He is? According to the synopsis. Okay. Interesting. No, because they th- recently photos came out of Chris Hemsworth's character. And he and... had like a big top hat on or something, and he looked he looked wild. And he's right? got like a Raleigh Fingers mustache. <laughs> Really?
1: Yeah. Let me try and find it. I mean, it he looks great. like a
0: fictional character who owns a candy store. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know when like a candy store comes a sweet shop. Yes. You know when like a a sweet shop comes up with like a cartoon avatar of its owner. Yeah. He looks like that. Um. But his character name is absurd. Wait, what is his character name? Look it up. Tom Burke is playing the character that yaya Abdul Mateen II was originally supposed to play, which makes right, me I think it that. is not. It wouldn't a be a
1: Morton Joe, yes. One would think. Right. Um. Whereas this kind of looks like it could be a Morton Joe type.
0: It could. Maybe, look, maybe it looks like. It
1: the, also looks like, right, he's like it's Willy Wonka's
0: grandpa. Maybe he gets the, I forgot he had the beard as well. <laughs> the mustache goes like this. And then some of the other photos he had, like, oh, you know. Dementus is the supposed name. Dementus. Dementus.
2: Okay. How do you get that name, you think?
1: I don't know. Maybe just by being a super chill, normal guy. Runs in the fan. I don't know. There's just something about it where it's like. How does 3,000 Years of Longing exist? A $60 million movie It is that's the big question.
2: A $60 million. 60, it's a pretty
0: expensive movie. I mean, movie. yeah. It's you know, all and it those, looks pretty fancy. It's a real blank check. Look- I got all well, those little I, cutaway story scenes, Set sequences. up the premise of the podcast, right? But a premise we should say that uh, really solidified around Fury Road. We've said this before. But the night that we figured out what the podcast should be after almost a year of doing only Star Wars prequels was the night that we saw Fury Road for the first time. And we were like, this is the fucking thing. And it was the fucking thing. It really was the fucking thing. And that's a perfect example of a guy who's in a real blank check position where it's like, you made this beloved blockbuster, like nominated for and won a bunch of Oscars. It's like one of the most critically adored movies of its decade. It's a movie that's going to play forever. Kind of know? everybody likes it. Everybody likes it. Yeah. But it's like that rare kind of thing that we talk about sometimes on the show, like The Matrix or Sixth Sense or whatever, where it's like you just you, you ticked all the boxes. It worked on every level. Yeah. And yet even still, it took seven years. Other factors involved pandemic and such but Miller takes his fucking time and he made about the weirdest movie he possibly could have made with his cachet also knowing that I think to some degree he was hammocked by the promise of doing another Mad Max which he's doing in a weird way
1: I'm just interested by the arc of it it's like you know in one way it's a logical arc right you know it's it's what we're saying it's like hey you make Fury Road sure you get to make one for you a little bit right that's fun and yet at the same time it's like it almost makes sense that he's in production on Furiosa almost to be like, yeah, yeah you know, this won't be the last you hear of me or this yes. isn't the direction I'm going in forever. Yes. But then again, I also just think he's George Miller and he's in
0: his seven late 70s. He's yes. not young. No, no, he's not. And
1: he's like, eh, you know,
0: I to make this. Yeah. Look, we did our whole George Miller miniseries about
1: two years ago. More? Because it's it was bifurcated by the pandemic, oh, right? Like, that's the me. one that... Yeah, right, that, was, yeah, that of... was the one. Uh, yeah, early 2020. I guess we did almost... No, no. We Yeah, we because we did, like, Babe, Pig in the City and... Maybe Happy Feet Two on on Zoom. I'm trying to remember.
0: Yeah. Fury Road we had done already.
1: We and we'd done Happy Feet. Yeah, we'd done some of them. And right. we had done an Efron episode, remember? We'd done
0: like we, did, we had mixed nuts in the can. Yeah, of we did, right, Happy and Feet, we still do. We always got some mixed nuts <laughs> Or rattling around the can. But we yeah, no. Uh Witches of Eastwick, Happy Feet Two. Bay Peak in the City. Yeah, we did a few of them online. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Anyway. But that, yeah, it was, so that was when Very we, it different was, It was early 2020. Right. And even at that time, there was the lingering like, he wants to make this movie. I mean, as is often the case with him, he'll like verbalize this like project he wants to do. And then you just hear of years of delays of him being like, well, we were going to shoot here, but the weather wasn't right or the timing wasn't this or we need the time to do that or whatever. Right. But pretty quickly, post Fury Road, it felt like... It was like, this is the next thing I want to do. These are the two actors I have attached. We're putting together financing. Yeah. Um it took a while to actually come to you're fruition. right.
1: It was these it was Idris and Tilda were announced from to begin with. There was no like because yeah. this is one of those movies you could see where it's like, oh yeah, there were like five genies and five no. doctor, you know, you know professors. Right. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 2018 announced. Described as being epic in scope. And I guess it's 2018. It's three years from Fury Road. Yeah. Yeah, he gets to do what he wants. He gets he to, get he wants. to do
0: what he wants. He gets to do what he wants. I mean, look, people are more than allowed to dislike this movie. But as a thing I said to you over text last night after seeing this film, where the one thing that bums me out is I do feel like there has been some, by bad faith, people, gleeful reportage. Of this movie bombing in this like, oh, he made this self-indulgent art film for $60 it's, million. Look, there's dollars. a bad crowd on The folly of this thing. And it's thing.
1: not an important crowd and it's yeah. not even a particularly influential crowd. But there yeah. is a certain crowd that seems to take some weird delight in weird projects not working. Right. Like, what were they thinking? Yeah, this you esoteric, know, like kinda...
0: masturbatory thing. And I'm just like, dislike this movie or not, it's fine. We should be allowing this to happen. I This used to happen. If you fucking make Fury Road, you get to do whatever the fuck you want. My only thing. That's a perfect example of a movie where everyone should step back and go, you know what? You're right. This worked on every metric. This is what our podcast is about. Fucking, we trust you. And it, it happens so infrequently these days. And beyond that, so infrequently does someone take that cachet and actually spend it on something like this that would never get made and certainly not at the scale otherwise. Beyond that. We should be thrilled that they let him make it, that it exists.
1: I agree with all that, but beyond that, I don't, because people have been saying like, oh, it was poorly marketed, and like, it's too, too bad, it got kind of dumped, and like, that's that's all fair. Yes. Like, I, it doesn't seem like it was really aggressively marketed, and it is getting kind of like put yeah. out in late August. The, in the worst, doldrums. like what is notoriously yeah, along, not a along good with time the to first weekend some. of January,
0: the worst movie going. But weekend. I don't
1: think this was a movie that was ever going to be a screaming success. It's pretty esoteric.
0: I think two things can be true at the same time, which is they mangled the marketing and release of this movie, and this movie is kind of unmarketable. Pretty tough to market. I don't know. I don't know how you sell this movie, and the problem is, it's it's a movie made for primarily weirdos like us because it's almost like like here's here's a great encapsulation right i went to see some movie with uh Romley, my sister long time sister and uh the trailer comes up and the trailer for this movie the first like 30 seconds make it seem like mrs harris goes to paris it's yeah. like twinkly i have, i've seen the trailer like one time it's tilda swinton sitting alone journaling in the cafes oh, solitary type you know whatever mm. No hint of mysticism. It's just like, Tilda Swinton takes a nice vacation. She's a middle-aged academic enjoying her solitude, right? And then like hotel room, Jin appears, trailer goes into bombastic like EDM music, hallucinatory. Like they sell the fantasy story elements like it's like fucking hardcore, fucking intense shit. And immediately, like when the Tilda stuff is happening, Romley's like, this looks like my kind of movie. <laughs> and the second it fucking goes like, bump, dump, dump, bump dump, bump, like eyeballs bleeding, you know, and like harems and shit. She was just like, oh, never mind." And it's that thing where you're just like, the people who want to see wackadoo George Miller probably are put off by how much of this movie is an intimate conversation in a hotel room. And the people who want to watch the intimate hotel movie are probably put off by the crazy myths So you need to be a very particular type of person who comfortably can hold both of these things in your head at the same time and have it fit your tastes, which is why this movie is really tough to market. Which is all true. All true.
1: But, I mean, God bless the uh, people, the good people at MGM and Film Nation and whoever else had to put money into this that they probably won't be seeing back. Yeah. You know, that's movie making sometimes, obviously. But, like, it just feels like the kind of movie that will be out there and yes. can be kind of stumbled across over the years in the future and will find more fans and I think probably so. you know it, i think it already has i would say the reaction to this film has been mostly mixed not even like mixed negative kind of a sort of like most of most reviews i have seen have been like it wasn't really for me but i I I'm, I can't stop thinking, or like, or I, I keep thinking about it. Or I'm impressed that it exists. That's the
0: thing. Like but the, most of, mostly kind of, still a mixed bag experience for the people. The people talking about it bombing, it feels like, have not seen it, and the people who have seen it are mostly kind of going like, "Huh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, okay." Yes. I walked out of this movie like on a cloud, which right. is like a rare thing for me. Not rare. I like You it. I love pinned movies. it as like favorite movie of the year. I just love it in a way that's Thus impossible far. to describe. Right. No, I'm saying when you walked out. But it was one of those things where it wasn't like, this is a number one of the year by default. But I had the experience and I love it. I mostly see
1: films of press screenings these days. Humbering. And this film obviously had debuted at Cannes and gotten mixed reviews. I was very interested. Mm-hmm. It's a George Miller film. Yes. It's an original film. You know, I'm very intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. But I was not walking in being like, a masterpiece right. And I just, you know, it happens to me a few times a year that I'm watching a movie and I'm just like, oh, I love all of this. It's just on your wavelength. Yeah. yeah. And then of cu- I, this movie does have a sort of like major tonal shift in the third act mm-hmm. and plot shift. And... I've heard from some people where they're sort of like, and that's kind that kind of didn't work for me." And I'm like, "Yeah, I guess
0: I get it, but I was even more into that oh, or that's whatever. Like what I loved that the most for me." Yeah. And I also I've seen people being like, "The ending is such an abrupt rug pill at, uh, pull. It feels like they ran out of money." And I'm like, "That feels that's not like how a- movies work. No. For fuck's sake. No, Sorry, and you're also I mean just that like, affectionately." His problem was not <laughs> not being given enough money for this movie. <laughs> you're right. I love that
1: idea, though. Where he's like, "I was going to do another magnificent tale of the past, but I'm out of money, so I guess I'll just melt him in a closet." You yes, know? <laughs> I'll just turn him to ash in the basement. Right? <laughs> Fuck you. It's cell phone.
0: Yeah, but I also I'm spoiler just spoiler alert for this movie. Ending is the whole point. I mean, not not to like reduce it too much, but this is a we we tell ourselves stories in order to live movie, right? That's the big thing Miller is saying with this film. A lot, of, a lot of great filmmakers, when they get to this stage of their career, start to make the movie, if not the autobiographical movie, almost sort of the self-reflexive movie of like, why do I do this?
2: Weren't we talking about this with Zemeckis? Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's Where, definitely some like, of this with Zemeckis. Late
2: career Zemeckis. I forget what guest, but someone was pointing out that their ex- their life experience starts to become through the lens of being a director.
0: I think it was Emily on the Marwin episode, maybe. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. And that that's what this movie feels like. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, th- this is not an autobiographical movie, but this absolutely feels like the movie of a 70-year-old master being like, why do I make movies? Yeah. Why do I do this? Why do I tell stories? What is the entire nature of doing this thing, of putting on shows and spectacles right, for people?
1: Right. Classic late stage director rumination, right. right? Like, what is the meaning of a
0: story? And right. why do we do this? Right. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and for a guy who has always done things in such a unique way in such a bizarre way and and when you hit the end credits of this movie you're reminded like right this guy pretty much has built his entire career existing outside of the studio system you know with with very selective collaboration with studios which is eastwick is like the one movie that's really him like doing the american studio system thing but outside of that it's like and even that is an absolutely
1: bananas movie. Right, but, but it's a Kennedy is, Miller Mitchell. Yeah, no, that is the closest to His regular collaborator, hopping on a studio project with a script he didn't write.
0: You know, he's got this sort of under-discussed career as a mini mogul, even in terms of like how many other Australian directors he kickstarted, like Philip Noyce and stuff. Yeah, you know. But it's like he's just figured out his own way, does things on his own terms, and then now is sitting back and going like, Why do I do this? Three thousand years of long. Yeah, air. that is the name of the movie we're talking about. Returning to George Miller,
1: one hundred and eight minutes of pure entertainment. Yes, <laughs> me, this is Gene Shalit. Um, <laughs> it's a George Miller film mm-hmm. written by George Miller and Augusta Gore, who is his daughter.
0: I don't think I knew that. That's cool. This is a short story he had read a while ago by As Byatt, and his daughter, I believe primarily studies like mythology and folklore and stuff. Um, that's interesting. And it's, he had been yes. looking for a co-writer and then he was like, I should just do this with my daughter, which is this other sweet element to this movie. It's like, you know, his his wife is his editor. He makes movies with his best friends and his family. And there is almost this kind of generational passing down thing on this movie. This is his daughter's first credit in anything. Yeah, it is. Yeah, And... It was one of those things where like it started
1: filming like days before lockdown, like early March 2020. Yeah. And so it got massively delayed. Mm -hmm. And I think they restarted filming in the fall.
0: Um, They end up not filming in Istanbul because of the pandemic.
1: That sounds right.
0: They like recreated. It was mostly in Australia. There was some deadline review I read from when this movie was playing at Con, And the person interviewing him was like, I have stayed at that hotel. I know the hotel you're basing this movie on. Sure, it is the most immaculate reconstruction of the rooms. Right, in that because hotel. it looks
1: like the you know a real spot for right. sure. I mean, yeah. they recreated that. That's the crazy.
0: Agatha, Agatha Christie room. Yes, the Agatha Christie room.
1: Fucking Agatha Christie needs a fancy hotel to write the Mousetrap, or whatever. Yeah, it is a tale of a lonely British scholar mm-hmm. who. Well, is she Scottish? Yeah. Well, Scotland. Scotland is in Britain for now. For now. They may be leaving. They would like to, or they, they, there are certain people in Scotland would like to be independent, um, who unleashes a gin uh-huh. inside an antique bottle. Yes. That she buys at a local trinket store. Uh-huh.
2: Okay. Right off the bat, I'm definitely buying every fucking You're- bottle I can find at trinket stores <laughs> for now on. And just rubbing them and every then, like, single tossing one. them over your Trying shoulder. open it. Damn it. <laughs> Smashing them on the ground. Uh, I want a GD. Uh,
1: big he, time. Do you want him to be like room size, like he is, and then he comes out basically very large? Yeah, I want whole a big room. boy. Yeah, o- or a girl. Fill it up.
2: I want a big genie. Yeah, not enough girl genies. No, it's a good. It's a good point. I dream of. Well,
1: that's true. She's kind of the queen of girl genies. I yeah. guess but uh, you know, often classically represented as male. I yes, guess. not I many.
0: Know. Um. Uh. Out comes a djinn played yes. by Idris Elba. Let's mention also you said she's a scholar, but she's like a folklore. She studies. She studies narratology or whatever. Her whole yeah. thing is trying to find the, the common threads that are shared across the stories of all cultures to figure out the things that unify us.
2: She hosts a TED talk that might be the most boring thing I've ever seen. Cool. It's
0: not scintillating stuff (laughs) I don't know I mean it's all It's but she sort of breaks stories down in very
1: mathematical that's I believe that's the narrative purpose of that TED talk sequence right where it's like you know this is a lady who's kind of boiling things down a little too much yeah right I love when
2: you make stories into math I
1: I do think it's interesting that study of like where it's like you know, like Cinderella is like a folktale or, uh, you know, that might even, but, but like, yeah. and then you like look at other cultures and you're like, oh, they have a lot, you know, they're, they're, this, this myth recurs. Like there's right. various types of myths that sort of like clearly are rooted in something deeper
0: because they sort of spread across yes. the world. It's, it's yeah, the it's, thing it's I cool. like. Look, her TED Talk looks boring as hell, but the thing I like that they put a point on is that she's specifically trying to find the commonalities across cultures. It's like, what are the story elements that transcend time and place that seem to speak to some fundamental human yearning rather than any cultural specificity, you know? Yeah. Um, out comes the djinn. Mm-hmm. Well, she sees
2: some other creatures, too.
1: She is occasionally having hallucinations of other things, it's true, well, or visions. The, right,
0: there's the the little man who tries to take her luggage cart at yeah. the airport. yeah. They joke that it's a gym.
1: And then she sees someone at the TED Talk or whatever. Yes. Sitting in the crowd, right? She like faints. And she faints. Yeah. Right. They all have this. And she's got a slightly. She seems touchy or what's yeah. the word? Like she seems like someone who might like suddenly faint. Like she just she feels seems a little fragile. frail or yeah. yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah I don't know. She's
0: got the thing where she's hyper defensive about how happy she is. Right, right, right. She's doing great. She's doing, doing great. great. This and is and exactly she is what staying want, in a probably. fancy hotel. Yeah. And
1: she is clearly very successful in this incredibly like niche field. Right. So
0: flown around the
2: world. Great glasses. Yeah. Great glasses. I like Mike get those for I like her
0: haircut a lot in this too. Yeah. Your yep, whole look is really good. Tilda rules. Tilda rules. Have we talked about Tilda yet on
2: the
1: We're show? We're going to... We can talk about Tilda. Um, a friend of the show, Fran Hoffner, pointed out it's odd that she puts her hair up in a towel. She has very short hair.
0: Yeah, she doesn't need that. <laughs> she
1: doesn't need to do that. And I feel like it's more just like, well, she should look really toweled yeah. up. You I know? wish he
0: had just put his hair up in a towel. He should do that. Yeah, 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 yeah Lack yeah.
1: of. Um, out comes the gin, mm-hmm. And, you know, he wants to give her three wishes. It's yeah. his deal. Yeah. But instead... As they're trying to figure out what she might want, because she's given him the whole, what could I even need? I'm happy.
2: Wishing, you know, that leads to trouble. Did you guys feel like you were missing the genie referencing, like, sort of, like, cultural, like, references over, like, the last 20, 30 years? I
0: always feel like there's a character who's been contained within a bottle for centuries if not longer. Yeah. It makes the most sense for them to not only have a complete understanding of all the pop culture they miss, but pop culture that will happen centuries in the future. What I think
1: that should happen is when you come out of the bottle, you should go, you
3: yeah, should like stretch. Cracking oh, the neck like you wouldn't crack. believe. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um yeah. well he he does do this, he's watching TV. He does some TV stuff. Yeah, but he's like, What the fuck is that? I know, I like that. Yo, yeah. he
2: witch hacks my dudes. He goes to the computer, he does some vapor-ass shit, and he knows all the world's knowledge. That's <laughs> well, witch hacking that's if tr- I've I ever love- heard of it's it. It's gin or- hacking. It's gin hacking, but you know. Gin is such a fun word. Gin, it gin. is a fun word. Um, And so, well, the, the,
1: the basic structure of most of the movie is yes. him being like, all right, well, if you don't have any wishes, let's talk about my life. I'll tell you, I'll take you through my other sort of people i've given wishes to
0: it's kind of this odd reverse uh, uh, like a uh, thousand one nights yeah it's very obviously
1: sort of drafting off of that Yes. Yeah.
0: um
1: because
0: i guess he's sort of trying to convince her to wish for stuff she needs to make a wish she says as i misappropriated the beginning of the episode or butchered uh there's there's no wishing story that's not a cautionary tale this is a trap. There's a. There's nothing I want, and she tries the thing of like, what do I want? I want to eat something, and then she feeds herself, and she's like, there, done. And he's like, I only can grant wishes that reflect your innermost desires, right? Which I your like. Ultimate wants.
1: It can't be. He's not the kind of genie where I'm like. God, I wish I just felt a little, like, less sleepy today. Be right. like, bam,
0: wish number one. Right. Ha,
1: fuck you, bitch. Only two to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I wish I had a Snickers right now. You have a Snickers.
0: Right. But she, yeah, she can't be, like, tie my shoes. Right. Right.
3: He's um,
1: like, no, 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 no. This is an emotional relationship that we are now engaged in. Right. And I'm here to help you understand what it is you truly want. And. I am not a genie who's going to snap my fingers. Like, as we right. see in one of the stories, one of the people's like, I want to like, I want all the world's knowledge. He's like, all right,
2: let's get some books. Yeah. I'll go get them. Like, it's you a process.
1: know, he's not right. He's not going to Matrix style download yeah. all the knowledge into your brain.
0: But she like immediately deflects onto him. Like, I don't know. What's your deal? Yeah, right, right. He, she she makes the comment and She's about-
1: kinda right, she's kind of doing the like, like he's a mobster gonna kill her. She's like, Well, right. I don't know, let's have a conversation yeah. over it. You know, she's sort of
2: like it feels like she's just we drawing it out. Just talk. Right. But
1: he's not trying to hurt her, he's trying to help her. But she's right. f- very resistant to help. But I she's fascinated too. And of course because she's fascinated
2: it's like by especially this. Especially her, she's a fucking specialist in this stuff.
0: I haven't seen Leo Grande. Uh sure. Yeah, but but good luck
1: to you, Leo Grande is the
0: people uh, comparing these two films, and this early stuff does have that energy of someone who is like in a hotel with a sex worker, being like, we don't, we don't have to do anything. We could just talk. Yeah, like you know, where she's just immediately like, let's not do the wishing thing.
2: Right, you right, you right, tell right. me
0: about you. What's your deal? Right. He makes the comment about like, I'm a fool, I've been tricked into the bottle like three times. And she's like, interesting. Let's unpack Let's hear that. I'm your therapist. To be fair, I would also want to hear about that. Like yeah. if,
1: a, if a gin came out, I wouldn't be like, all right, buddy, here we go. Ten billion dollars. Here's yes. my checking account. Uh, world peace, I guess. You know, like you know, I would I would like I'd want to hear about how the wishing process has gone in the past. Absolutely.
0: But right. This is, it's an immediate thing I love about this movie is it's not framed as, tell me the stories of some of the other wishes you've granted, right? Mm-hmm. Or, like, tell me sort of allegorical, cautionary tales. It's like, what about you? No one ever asked you about you. Yeah. Tell me about how you got fucked over. Mm-hmm. And then within those stories, you're finding out about other people and the wishes they make and the mistakes they make and all of that. Right. But it's almost like no one's ever asked this guy how he's doing right right. no one's ever been like what's your your deal is you just grant other people's wishes you have to like fulfill their innermost desires are you okay how is that also what is it like to be
2: locked in a bottle for thousands of years yeah gives you such a crick in the neck yeah that's
1: what it is i'm trying to think if there's any other setup we need you guys seem to have both liked the movie yeah yeah i think very positive on it ben you guys saw it all separately
2: yeah. You also
1: had it alone, I'm guessing at pretty sparsely attended screenings. Yeah,
2: there was like two other people there. Um I think it was okay. I don't know if I would like go out of my way to watch it again. Fair. But I I love a genie story. And I love movies like this. The like classic like bedtime story lets yeah. them cut away to the story. I love
0: that. Yes. Design and structure in a movie. Yes. It's comforting. It's very comforting. It's very comforting. Um, I, I think this is not a case like West Side Story where I'm like wishing I loved the movie more that you're like waxing rhapsodic about. No, but I think no. you just do like this movie more than me. Yeah, no,
1: no, but because you're like over the moon for it. Um, I guess so, or whatever. It's just sort of like, my, but that, that, this isn't like West Side Story. At all, because with West Side Story, I'm just like, well, this thing is just like an absolute masterpiece of sure. craft. Like it's a little more, yeah. like with three thousand years of longing. It is very the craft is is I would say pretty great. Yeah. Like you know, George Miller is good at that stuff. Yes, but no, I just you really I connect just it. Dig it. Yeah, yeah I is love it maybe these two freaks? What
2: that you've started to tell stories? You're starting to become your own storyteller with your daughter. You have to start telling stories and tell night her stories make, like up if, stories. If, if
1: you pick up the spices out of the spice rack and throw them on the floor they might break and I don't want you to do that. That's it's a, a great story. story that I tell her because all the time. Because
2: the spice monster.
1: She's upset well and that's the thing she doesn't yet I couldn't yet be like the spice monster will get you because, you know, she doesn't, you know, right. it, w- w- imagination has yet to really enter. The
0: story now is if you do that, you make me upset. <laughs> um, I'm but the she, spice monster. She is obsessed with come,
1: walking to the kitchen and just picking up spices and just like like throwing them around. That's
0: kind of a good bit. Little Ratui. Eh? Yeah, it's fun. Uh, Getting fancy with the spices. I saw this film with a friend of the podcast, Jordan Hoffman. Mm hmm. Uh, who was like, eh, I guess I need to see it. I'm not a Miller fan, though. I'm not into that guy. He's just not my flavor. And then he walked out and was like, I really like that. And it is funny how much it's a quintessential Miller movie, but also, in certain strange ways, it is his most reserved film. I would say, I would put it on the same shelf
1: thematically as, I guessed, Eastwick and Babe in the City, in that all three are like, kind of like about... You know, different characters and sure. they're sort of like they're painted very boldly, right? Yeah. But they are about like, I mean, well, Bay Pig in the City is about animals, but still like about like people having feelings in a like Mad Max is Mad Max.
0: That's its own category of.
1: But, but there's think, Mad Maxy stuff in here. There's a little oh bit. No,
0: there absolutely is. I'm just saying, compare this movie to like Lorenzo's Oil. Well, and Lorenzo's, Lorenzo's Oil is so operatic, not like a fucking Looney Tune like doesn't stop moving and when you get to like the conversations in the hotel room which are like 30 to 40% of this movie you're like this is kind of the most restrained george miller has ever been cinematically yes yeah you know
2: what, i mean what's it, happening? it's pretty
1: it's a pretty subdued scene it is and obviously it's intimate and it's yeah uh, low energy in a way and that it's like it it is a conversation that's being had. Obviously, yes. we're having these very sumptuous, sometimes very exciting flashbacks. Miller's usually a maximalist, uh, but it's like, but this is obviously fairly maximalist. This is what's at the wild. It's right. what's wild yeah. about
0: this film. It's it's why like it, you might get thrown off by one element or the other. But uh, I'm talking about this movie with Hoffman, and we're just like, how the fuck did he trick people into giving him the money to make this? It's obviously just Fury Road. Fury Road. It's Fury, Fury road. road. Right. Yeah. But then when I said to him, is like. I will give them the credit though. If you're gonna make this movie and sell this movie and get this movie mostly put together by foreign financing, which which is this film was made independently, Film Nation, you know, it was, it was sold to and distributed by MGM, but it mm-hmm. was all put together from foreign financing, international presales and stuff. Uh, you it, these these are the two actors you can sell this movie on. Interesting. Not only were these the only two people who were ever attached to it. True. But you're kind of like, this movie feels impossible to pitch for how uncommercial it is, period. It feels impossible to pitch with any other two people. They're both incredibly famous movie stars who also have like weird levels of like serious actor credibility, but odd cult of personality around them. Yeah. Who like really want to act and aren't protective of like, I got to make blockbusters. True, true. Even though they'll do it, they'll take big swings. Yeah, and it's hard to think of two other actors who could have sold the different temperatures of this movie. What if you flip them? Also could have worked. Also could work. That's right? the thing. Yeah. I'm like, you could gender swap them, and this would work with the same two people. Yeah, it kind of work. They're the only two people who I think could do this. And I think...
1: They should do a True West style. They should make the movie again with the roles flipped, see how it is. Both of these performances
0: are phenomenal. I agree! I want to talk about them. I
1: think it's also... I mean, Tilda has an incredibly varied body of work, and she's been in lots and lots of incredible movies. But Idris Elba, God bless him, who's a wonderful actor, and he's done some smaller things sprinkled in, but he does a lot of big movies that I often feel he's a little undervalued in like he's, or like the, the movies undervalue him like, he's
0: got this very odd movie star career where it is like this guy is undeniably an international movie star but he so often takes things where you're like do you not understand that you can do better than this but well, that's you what never you that's really at least what we think watching him
1: it. you know on the inside he might be like this is a big movie this is a big role i'm the villain i'm the whatever sure and like, I'll, you know, it's, I'm sure it's good money and I'll do it. Like, I'll do a good job. And we have does. this sort of Constantly feeling of professional. like, but you're Idris Elba. You kind of should just be like only headlining vehicles right. if, it, if it's a big movie. Like, you should be at the top of this stuff, not the villain in Hobbs and Shaw, which you're like totally fine in.
0: I think he's pretty good. He's at. pretty
1: good because he's always pretty good in this right. stuff.
0: And like, same with like Star Trek, where you're like, why are you hiring Idris Elba to be under this makeup? You're Idris Elba. And then you'll he'll like make a movie like Beast, which I have not yet seen. Most people seem to say kind of punches above its weight class. I think there's always been this thing with him where it's just like, here's this like incredibly charismatic, skilled, absurdly handsome man, right? That people are just fascinated by. And he like blows up on the wire. But then The Wire has such a long tail of people coming around to that show and watching it 10, 15 years later that he just kind of keeps on getting these bumps in fame from the original thing that broke him, if that makes sense. Yes. You know, like he's getting cast in like American Gangster as an immediate result of The Wire. And then 10 years later, he's getting new parts because people are finally coming around to The Wire. And like Luther's happening at the same time. So you're sort of like he's got this like incredible TV career he works in like every genre. I mean, I he, he does his fucking DJing. He does, he does you you know? his
2: DJing. Yeah, not
0: DJing. only did he do DJing, didn't he? Then do a TV show about DJ about DJing.
1: A show the in the fuck long up. run, yes, really? No this one is really. That one like, really Idris didn't. Is
2: this weird. That's so weird. What does he DJ? What kind of music? Uh,
1: well, I believe. Uh, let me. You know what? Let me look up for. Yeah, DJ DJ Big Dress big dress yeah it's yeah. like RBE stuff you know <laughs> dress
2: oh shit. i mean
1: i think he's been doing that to be clear he's been doing that the whole Trevor. like that was like a side gig for him when he was yeah. making money and trying to be an actor and all that like the thing about him is he just does everything he's an incredibly striking actor he's yeah. very very handsome yes he has a really distinctive voice he can yeah. do every accent obviously he's when he's in the wire, yeah. you'd never think, like, oh, this guy's from Hackney, London. It's, like, you know, you think, it's like, what oh, I said, sure, he's you know. truly
0: one of the best accent.
1: Really? He's 6'2. Yeah. He's yeah. a big guy. Like, yeah. he's genuinely imposing. He's a
0: bouncer at Caroline's. Do you know that, Ben? No, the comedy club. Yeah. And he's given
1: a lot of performances that I think are really good. Mm-hmm. And he's been in a lot of big movies. Yeah. So why do I think Idris Elba's career almost hasn't been big enough? Like it's sort of it's yeah. just that weird kind of thing. We were talking about Jamie Foxx the other day. Yes. And I was, it's like Jamie Foxx to me is almost like it's like Shaq or something. I, yeah. mean, I pardon the basketball reference. All right. Oh, but like Shaquille. O'Neal, Shaq,
0: the one basketball player I know who you've
1: heard of. He won four titles. Yeah. He was he won an MVP. He was a very he's one of the most successful players of all time. Right. And yet everyone who covers that. And also one of the most
0: famous players of all
1: time. One of the most famous players of all time. But everyone who covers basketball and like people like Phil Jackson who coached him are like, he should have won like 10 titles. Yeah. Like, despite his massive success, everything about him, he actually should have been way more successful. And, you know, a lot of people say like, you know, but unlike a Michael Jordan type, he just wanted to right. have more fun and he wanted to do more uh, extracurricular stuff. So right. like, and the Jamie, Jamie Fox point right. was like, I was like, this man has an Oscar. He's like a hit musician. He's like a hit comedian. Like yeah. he's done it all. He's not unsuccessful. And yet it feels like he could do more. And like Idris Elba sometimes you and feel And also
0: when, when one of them will come up with like a Django or a 3,000 Years of Longing where it's like, oh, this is a movie that's actually giving them something that can showcase all of their skills as an actor and their depth. You're like, right, of course. They've been here the whole time.
1: Putting TV aside, putting putting like Luther in the Wire yeah. aside, obviously.
0: Yeah. What are some of the best? Well, Idris- Beast of No Nation is the one that was supposed to be his big Oscar movie. He's and then in he gets movie. every other nomination and most of the wins. It's that weird year where like he wins the globe and the sag and doesn't get nominated for the Oscar. He didn't win the globe. He
1: I'm did sorry. win the sag. Who won the globe? Uh and in the sag, I feel like. Sylvester Stallone won the Globe. Okay. So it's the Mark
0: Rylance. That's right.
1: That performance is excellent. Yeah. I think, you know, he didn't get nominated for two reasons. One, there was a, it was the early Netflix thing of like, that was
0: like the first real serious we'll show Netflix you. Oscar play. Yeah.
1: And then two, that movie is incredibly grim and maybe whatever. And people it, avoided People watching. got turned off by it. Yeah. But like, it's an undeniably transfixing performance. Yeah. I guess before that, well, no. So before then, he'd done. Obviously, you know, he's in stuff like he pops up in like rock and roll or
0: American Gangster. He's very good. Obsessed. In. He's kind of obsessed. <laughs> he is first built. And that movie was The movie was a hit. But he has the, I feel like hit. he has the most boring role because he's the guy who's like, oh, I don't know he's what to do out, with myself. overshadowed by the two of them. But it's almost like, OK, here you go. There's an interest album movie. even if it was largely sold on Beyonce, that was a big fucking hit. And he's the guy. But like Daddy's Little Girls, which have you seen Daddy's Little Girls? I have. I have. Like. It's sort of similar to Obsessed, where it's like the,
1: he's playing. I mean, in Obsessed, he he falters and he yes. cheats on his wife, right? Right. He does cheat on her, right? Yes. Or is she just obsessed? No, in in Obsessed, it's right. He doesn't cheat on her. Interesting. She truly just like gets on oh, unre- her own, requited feeling. Okay. I, but in Daddy's it. Little Girls, you know, it's like he's such a pillar in that movie because yes. that's the whole point. He's yeah. just this like unambiguously like wonderful man who's yeah. being besieged by circumstance.
0: And he's good at that. It's a little one note, but, but like this is also the era of Tyler Perry movies where he's like, "Who are the best black actors who no one in the studio system right, is we'll going give a to let role. be the lead of a movie?" Right, yeah. I'm going to write a movie for Taraji. I'm going to write a movie for Idris. Mm-hmm. But yes, he would often make these characters too saintly it, it's, or too it, right. cursed. It's and like one or the other.
1: Okay, and then like I never saw the Losers, a movie that sort of like got forgotten. Yeah, he's with, in with a
0: weirdly stacked. Saldana, Chris Evans, and Dressel, but like five people before they find right their... before they're yeah. yeah you've got
1: Thor which is that sort of classic MCU thing now where it's like ah fuck you, you shouldn't him? have had him being yeah. Heimdall not that yes. he's bad but like you could have had him later you're like the
0: things you could have done with this he guy later he could have played Mr. Fantastic for and, they, and they pretty much whatever, have to like you know. by Ragnarok be like we're gonna make Heimdall into a, the type of character we wish we had cast yeah Idris he's gonna uh, be more he's directly gonna be in the sword fighting people. because that's the
1: thing him being cast as Heimdall it's more like well, this is a very imposing guy with a great voice who's right. stoic. You know, stoic, right. So yeah. he's perfect for the all-seeing watchman yeah. type. But it's R- like...
0: Right, because he's the guy who watches the gate. He's got yeah. the
2: big sword.
0: Okay. He's essentially the bouncer at Caroline's.
1: Uh, yeah, he's been of a bouncer at Caroline's <laughs> watches the Rainbow Bridge. People forget he's the villain in Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, but I remember him being pretty fun in that. He,
0: this is the thing. I think any time he does these things where you're like, Idris, why are you doing this? You watch it and you're like, he is having fun here. Prometheus, he's kind of having fun? Prometheus, is really good. He's kind of horny.
1: Yeah. He's got an accordion. Yeah. Uh, and then in 2013, he's
0: in the Nelson Mandela film Long Walk to Freedom, which goes nowhere. Felt like it should have been a slam dunk for him, Oscar right. breakthrough, and it's just a, a non-starter movie. Um, And he's in Thor The
1: Dark World, uh-huh. and I feel like, right, there are, you know, in that one he at least has an action sequence, but he's still, yeah. you know, the seventh yes. lead. And he's in Pacific Rim. Right. Which he's great in. Yes. And that's at least Del Toro. He's not the lead lead because Hunnam and then Rinko Kikuchi was, are kind of the lead, but he's he's a co-lead. He And he's given the speeches. He are canceling the apocalypse. wanted
0: Cruz to do that. Yeah, yeah, Because right. it was right after he had been developing uh, Mounds of Madness for so long. Right. Right? And the fact that it went from Cruz to being like, I don't know, Idris Elba? Like, obviously Idris Elba was not at that level of bankability, but they were like, authority-wise, yeah, but yes, this is the thing. Like the times that he's been placed in the pole position, in his own franchise, as it were, mm-hmm. doesn't work. Dark Tower doesn't work. <sighs> Not he's... for lack of trying. That's on a, his all right, part. wait. I want to keep going. Sorry.
1: No, no. But it's yeah. all right. No good deed. That's sort of similar to Obsessed. That's yeah. kind of like a fun, trashy thriller. He's the bad guy in right, that one. Yeah, right. A right. uh, movie called Second Coming. No idea. What Truly that never heard of that. Yeah. Uh The Gunman. That's the Sean Penn movie. Yes. Overqualified supporting cast. Right. Beast of No Nation. You know. Yeah. It's a it's serious role. Yes. Really good. And then in twenty sixteen he's in Zootopia and the Jungle Book, and it's almost getting tired to use his like imposing voice, but, but he's totally good. He fucking kills it in both of them. Um, and he's also in Finding Dory. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So three voice Jesus. performances that he just three year. Disney And he's the villain in Star Trek Beyond, which he's great in. He is. But it does the makeup is the thing that's kind of annoying. But then of course it has this thematic thing at the end where you see his human face again. You know, he's supposed to be yes. this human who got corrupted by right. radiation and all that. But you, you do, know, do but,
0: spend most of the movie going like, shouldn't you be the lead
1: of this? Like Yeah. Yeah. And then in 2017, like, look, I don't think the Dark Tower is good. Uh-huh. I'll kind of stick up for that movie because it's so bananas. It's a Never terrible saw. adaptation of yeah. the books in the it, i mean it's a disaster on that front and it's like 90 minutes long and it feels like the studio's just like just put this out and let's be done sure. with it but i think he's good and mm-hmm. he was well cast and it's mm-hmm. too bad that didn't happen for him mm-hmm. i think he's amazing in molly's game incredible the molly's accent game. he's doing it's the one time it just because the sorkin dialogue is yeah. so thick you can sometimes hear his accent kind of bending. i also
0: heard that was one of those things where he had like two weeks to prepare for that right. movie or something. But he is fucking great in it. It's it, His big monologue he gives... I love that monologue. ...is so good, and it's one of those things, it's like kind of power of acting shit, where you're like, it's the one time, as you said, in his career that he cannot hold that accent down, and it doesn't fucking matter. His performance is so transfixing. He is so in it emotionally that you're like, I I don't care.
1: Um, And then, okay, Thor, Ragnarok, Avengers Infinity War, Hobbs and Shaw. We're getting into this thing where it's like... Yeah. Am I only going to see you in this this right. stuff? Hobson and Shaw, I don't know, man. He's fine. Yeah, it ju- I mean, I've just it, seen you do a villain.
0: And at this point, it's also like his career is starting to become emblematic of like the movie star problem in general, which is like. Right. If you haven't found if your You don't have IP, right. You don't have your distinctive thing. You're in this position where it's like I'm picking up like third string hero roles or villain roles in other franchises where I'm going to be unimportant or only in one movie. And then like the Oscar, I haven't gotten the Oscar juice enough where I'm getting movies financed on the idea that it's a slam dunk nomination. Every time there's cats, we can't forget cats.
1: He was McCavity.
0: Someone tweeted popping it popping
1: in and out of existence something last
0: week about like a uh, Tom Hooper and George Miller being the only two directors brave enough to cast uh, uh, Idris Elba as uh, shape-shifting magical tricksters without genitals. Yes. Does he not have genitals? It doesn't look like it in this film. Yeah. He but is... but also, they make love.
1: Yeah, he might. they might just but pop up like, at some like some with point.
2: smoke.
0: Well, that sounds fun.
2: It yeah. does. Sounds different.
1: Of late... Yes. Like, he did Concrete Cowboy. Heart he did they The con- Heart of a Fall. He did Beast fall, this yes. year. Yes. And obviously this... I think he did a Luther movie, yes, like it feels like he's leaning more into like slightly more interesting projects. Obviously, he did sensitive and textured work as Knuckles the Echidna and satonic the Jug too. I thought he was excellent in that film, <laughs> yeah. genuinely. <laughs> yeah thought he was really funny, um and he did do suicide
0: squad which is another franchise oh, movie. Yeah. He's good in He's that phenomenal. Movie. But it's another one where you're like, okay, this feels like you finally built a perfect Idris Elba and vehicle. And then, and then the doesn't movie doesn't work. do that well. I mean, the movie, I think that movie works, Agreed. like I think it's a good doesn't movie, work. but it's not a hit commercially.
1: There's probably a world where that movie would have been more of a commercial yeah. hit. It was that's one of the biggest pandemics. really pandemic good
0: events. in it and James Gunn I feel like was the first person to really kind of figure out how to use his emotional depths in uh, a blockbuster
2: yeah he's got a daughter or whatever like there's some there's, there's way, some real emotion yeah emotion yeah, stuff there
0: yeah um, but this movie he comes out of this bottle and I immediately from the first line he says go I believe this guy is 3,000 years old mm. Mm. it is that ineffable thing yeah it's like undefinable and I don't even feel like it's like well I did the prep work to try to I'm like it, it's just you have the command or you don't when Idris Elba says shit, you believe it, right? Absolutely. You absolutely not a lot of did. actors who, There are some actors who can pull that off, but it's, it's not a long list. But he just truly, from that first moment, I'm like, you have the weight, the presence, the authority, the intelligence, the, hotness. the pain. Hotness. I look in your fucking eyes. Hotness. But I'm Hot. like, I look in your fucking eyes and I'm like, I believe this guy has spent a thousand years in a bottle talking to no one. Now, how often have we talked about Tilda?
1: Have we ever talked about her on the main feed? Obviously, we talked about like Doctor Strange on the Patreon I don't or
2: whatever.
0: Think, have we not covered a Tilda movie before?
2: I think the only instance I can really remember is just like shouting out how incredible she is in...
0: Um, Michael Clayton.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Obviously, she. I recently rewatched... The Boss. One of the I like coolest to do that. Oscar wins ever. We talk about that, obviously. Um, no, I guess we've never talked about a Tilda movie. Wow.
2: Mm-hmm. Huh.
1: Yeah, okay. I think I, like a lot of people, was first really aware of her. In two, she obviously had already done the Derek Jarman movies sure. and Orlando and had her whole amazing 90s like, art yeah. movie run, but I was too young for that. But when I'm like a teen and I'm a little Oscar boy, yeah. and I, and she is in the beach oh, sure. In in a fun, weird role, but I think I didn't really clock that, but The Deep End... Was this sort of like... I never even saw that movie. Oh, it's a good movie. Um, But this like undersung Oscar contender. She kind of came close to a nomination for it. It sort
0: of felt like she was 6th or 7th that year in like a little movie that could kind of way. And that immediately... That was when I took notice of her name. She's obviously got a very distinctive name and a very distinctive look. Yeah. And then right after that, she starts showing up in smaller parts in bigger Oscar-y movies like Adaptation. Um... That's right. It's like oh clearly that movie was the Vanilla card Sky adaptation exactly.
1: Young Adam that's a bigger role. Uh, so Vanilla Broken Sky is Flowers. the one we've covered. That's right. She is in
0: Vanilla Sky. Not yeah. a big role. No. But yes, this this run of now she's working with like American auteurs, big stars, supporting roles. Broken Flower she's in for like 5 seconds. That's yeah. a movie I saw once.
1: Yeah. I was I started the AMC Lincoln Square because I was on vacation in oh. New York. What? Because I lived in Britain. And too tired to do the bit today. Yeah, fair enough. And um I saw it like front row yeah. or whatever. like I remember I just like I didn't have good seats. I was amped. I was amped too, and I remember thinking it was like pretty good and I haven't thought about it much That's since. It. Is she one of the exes? My memory is that she yes, is she is, she one is of the absolutely exes. one of the exes. She she My li-
0: memory is that she literally opens a door.
1: Yeah, she punches him.
0: Or or she gets Larry guys Fessenden, to punch him. Yeah. The yeah, great yeah. Larry Fessenden, scary Larry Fessenden, horror filmmaker, head of Glass Eye Picks, plays like her redneck boyfriend. Yeah, biker boyfriend. Right. Yeah. He like cold cocks Bill Murray. Yes. She like opens the door. She goes like, what the fuck are you doing here? I remember she, in my memory she has like one line, Larry Fessenden, cold cocks, and Bill Murray wakes up with a black eye. She's like not in the movie. Fair enough. But maybe I'm wrong, and she has more. She in it. did make the poster, but that was sort of that's the brag why I of the remember poster. being like, "Here we go, Tilda, Final X," and then they like don't do anything with her. But yes, she's she's in the rotation at this point. And then I guess
1: then she has in the mid two thousands, Hollywood is like be the villain be a villain in Constantine
0: which she's incredible in
1: which she's wonderful and she plays the Archangel Gabriel yep. um, be the white witch in the Narnia movie perfect casting very impressive it, performance it's, in it's, a franchise that never got to be S tier but but still. it's
0: also one of those things where it was like Disney's making a Narnia movie. They want Nicole Kidman to do it, and you were like, obvious, obvious. Nicole yeah, Kidman was casting. like the number one choice for every one of those fucking yes. things in the 2000s. Right, ends yes. up doing Golden Compass instead. Yes. Right, a couple years later, but like passes on Narnia. They offer it to Tilda, and you're like, huh, that's kind of cool.
3: She's good. That, that they
0: memory. actually went with Tilda, who has not been like a name person in movies of this size, and then that first movie is such a surprising, ginormous blockbuster. Big that I do think it surprisingly Coasting gets on her some, Rings and, and she's and really good in it. She's good in all three.
1: I mean, she's barely in the other two, yeah, but she's. But in like, them all. it
0: gets her a little bit of bankability, surprisingly.
1: And then, she is in Burn After Reading, and my well, she's in Michael Clayton, and she wins an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. Right.
0: And it's one of those things where you're like, cool nomination for a great actor who's always been good doing really skilled work, the kind of unshowy performance that the Oscars are never going to give the trophy to. Right. And in that very odd year where it was like Blanchett versus Amy Ryan, both giving excellent performances, but much showier performances. And it was back and forth. The two of them were winning every other award. Tilda fucking slips through and wins. I mean, having just rewatched Michael
1: Clayton, which I've seen many times. Yeah. It's like... That whole movie, obviously, she's in the first basically the first scene of the movie, like seeing her in the yeah, Yeah, and like she's peppered in through all those scenes are great. But that whole movie is you waiting for the hammer blow scene of Clayton outfoxing her, yes. And they that scene is just such an unbelievable scene, it's incredible. And they're both, I mean, Clooney and her are both just like. Fucking guns of Navarone, but just it, like oh, absolutely yeah. detonating. But it's also but the incredible quiet, thing, you know, incredible
0: yeah. thing where it's and like, her face, the way it changes. Wh- what is arguably Tilda's Oscar moment? Is mo- her falling down out of which focus? Out of focus in the in background the of a shot, and you're like, that just won her the Oscar.
1: I mean, I watched that movie with Forky, and Forky was like, "Why are we
0: watching this?" You know, slightly grim happens every time I try to convince someone to watch Michael Clayton,
1: right? Like, you know, like movie about, and I'm like, see, so what he is is he is a lawyer, but he's, you know, not really like a trial lawyer, he's like, you know, kind of a fiction guy. He had these failed
0: dreams, he tried to get out, but the restaurant didn't
1: work yeah. because his brother can't get and, up. And his it's own just, way. And, and again, he's just like, yeah, sure, this seems like a seven out of ten, like, you know, Fine. And then, and I'm just like, just yeah, sit. Stick- with just let it. Go. Yep. But people who saw Michael Clayton came out of that being like, good movie, yeah, and then two years later were like, best movie?
0: We have n- had no idea how good we had it.
1: Um and then since the Oscar win, mm-hmm. I would say she's had one of the most interesting and exciting careers an actor could have. Okay. I Am Love, which so is a s-
0: surprise art house crossover success. A little bit. She starts to become this like champion like saint of I, I feel like uh, uh, middle-aged women. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, But but I think that movie crossed over in a much bigger way, and it was like, oh, like, women really want to see a Tilda Swint neurotic drama. Yeah, right. Oh, it's a neurotic drama. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's got some sex. It's wow. Luca Guadagnino, who then does uh, Calling By Your Name and Suspiria yep. with her. But there's also this whole thing. She has this interesting marriage structure she lives this very free life. She she'll do like fucking moment installations where she like sleeps in a box. That's what I'm waiting yeah, for us to get
2: to. That's when I'm like, okay, this lady, I can fuck with this lady. She was like she's different. She's sleeping and making and living in a box and yeah. making that into an art installation.
0: That's cool as hell. She's doing her own film festivals where she was like, I don't like all these other film festivals that are about like Free gifting suites and stuff. We're going to have a film festival. It's just a bunch of beanbag chairs. Where we watch movies. <laughs> Here's some other movies. So, movies in. are good. Let's just talk about movies. We need to talk about Kevin. She's really good in that. Phenomenal performance. Once again, comes very close to the Oscar. Moonrise arguing. Kingdom,
1: playing social services. I think she's so funny in that movie.
0: All of her fucking West. Her West
1: drop ins are always good. Yeah. Only Lovers Left Alive. A phenomenal Unbelievable performance. In a performance. great movie. Yes. Has amazing chemistry with Hiddleston. Yeah great movie snow piercer so funny and weird oh, in that movie playing yeah. like mutant margaret thatcher right so good grand budapest hotel you know another bigger splash like giving an almost silent performance as a singer whose voice is gone right fucking incredible have you seen bigger splash no love it you gotta take the dive another luca this is the other thing and she's like i don't know maybe i'll do a supporting role in train wreck that's funny maybe i'll be in doctor strange and no one Kill. will object to that yeah no one uh Hail Caesar! I'll play dual roles as like dueling gossip columnists. Isn't she
0: dual roles in Okja as well? Or Am I misremembering? Yes, she that? plays right. sisters in
1: Okja this as is well. The other
0: thing you look at director Muse like she's like she's got four or five different really top level directors who use her multiple times. Where every time they're like, we're going to use Tilda. The Cohen Brothers are going to come back to Tilda. Luke is going to come back to Tilda. Wes is going to come back to Tilda. You know, Jarmush, like she's collecting really good collaborators um and she kills it every time
1: yeah man like Oakja, as, as you mentioned isla dog she's a voice Spuria. she's incredible three yes. roles in that one uh pops into avengers endgame why not yeah dead don't die i think she's funny in that david copperfield she's completely delightful in that if anyone you know, has ever seen it then the souvenir heartbreaking incredible performance yes Playing her, you know, alongside both of those, yeah. Uh, Uncut Gems, She's on the phone. Don't forget. I did forget if I ever knew. Yeah, she's on the phone. Uh, the she's the auctioneer on the phone. That's um, yeah. you know, souvenir part two. French dispatch. She's fucking hilarious mm-hmm. in. The bit where she like does like a slideshow of a naked picture Incredible. of herself. It's so funny. Yeah. And then Memoria. Yeah. Which just an absolute. T- Have you seen Memoria? I still haven't All right. Seen it. You got to see Memoria. And then this. I'm just saying like, I don't know that there are a lot of actors with runs like that. No. Last 15 years. No. no. Especially when you consider that she's this like, you know, elfin fucking. How old is she these days? You know, uh, in her 50s. Right. Oh, 61. Yeah. 61 year old sort of late in life quasi star i'd say
0: star i'd say unqualified just
1: incredible but who'll do a ton of supporting stuff you know but then when she's gives a big meanie role she's so incredibly and i also think she gets
0: movies financed i think she's so big can get a small movie overseas yes Yeah, yeah, yeah that she can get very esoteric movies financed she can find you know foreign directors independent directors and then she builds relationships with them that pay off over years and years and years
2: you know I don't know if this is necessarily like one to one, but we've talked about Buscemi as yeah. somebody who is so recognizable. No, that's a good call. Especially right? Buscemi
1: yeah. has a similar kind of run in the '90s and 2000s or whatever. Right? Yeah,
2: yeah, but I feel like Tilda and him are, are kind
0: of similar career-wise yeah. and complexion-wise. It, well, true. She also just she yeah. has the the healthy kind of cult of personality around her. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like people are kind of fascinated with her and delighted by her in a way that is not bad. But I do. It adds the, the weird mystique of her. Yeah. Um, this is what I'm saying, though. It's like d- who else gets this movie financed and is right for it? I can't think I of don't,
1: anyone. I don't know. I don't.
0: And I don't want to know. I don't want to know.
1: She's coming up. She's got another Joanna Hogg movie. Great. She's got uh, she's uh, the Blue Fairy in Pinocchio. Uh, The Del Toro Toro one. Okay. Um, She's in the new West. She's in the new West. And she's in the new Fincher. This is, I mean. Damn. Which, you know what the Fincher is about? It's about a guy who kills people. Guess what his name is? The Killer. The Killer. Whoa. 10 out of 10. Guess what the movie's called? The Killer. The Killer. Perfect. I love how Fincher's like, Mank, do you like Mank? And most people are like, eh. he's know. like, fine. Fucking Michael Fassbender as The Killer. Great. People are like, whoop, <laughs> 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 um,
0: Yeah, so it sounds exciting. So you, you start this movie with her narration mm. saying this really happened to me, but I'm going to tell it in the form of a fairy tale because it's easier for people to digest that way. So he's almost sort of like sewing his heightened George Miller style into the movie from the beginning. Yeah, 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 This is true. This is not allegorical. I don't view this movie as a life of pie type thing where it's like I'm telling you a story in a heightened form so you can understand the lessons of it. Yeah. I think this is all meant to be taken literally. Yeah. is Flying around the world giving boring TED Talks. Goes to one of these markets... I, I like that, that scene a lot. I love that scene. I love that line where she's like there's 79 streets in Istanbul and 4000 shops. Mm. And in one of those shops there's three rooms In the back room I found a thing. And I just like
1: I don't know. I guess because like the, the movie knows how important it has to be for her to it can't just be her being like, uh, and I'll take this thing too." Right. You know, the guy is almost like you don't want this thing. It's right. not that good. But I love all the,
0: the chance of of all yeah, the right, stores exactly, You yeah. find the thing. You're they're trying to upsell her, and it's like there's something about, about this little bottle. It calls to her. Yeah. Exactly. And, and the, she... this contrast of the mundanity of like, you know, this very nice but like very modern, clean hotel room. She's there with her electric toothbrush, trying to clean off this artifact from a marketplace, and out comes a man with gold fingers and scaly legs. Yes. Pointy ears. Yep. He's a gen. Is he, he ever is. Got a proper name? He's, no, is he he's just the, the jinn. He's
1: cool. the jinn, uh, the jinn of myth. Uh, you know, uh, the invisible creatures in pre-Islamic Arabian religious systems that then got carried over to Islamic mythology, mm-hmm. and uh, they're not a strictly Islamic concept. Is that you know for that reason they kind of have some pagan beliefs you know swirling around in them. Sure, and. I think in classic mythology they're like shape changers. They're like invisible shape changers uh-huh. that can appear as all kinds of animals, okay, but as humans and that they, they have sex with humans and they progress. They make offspring and I mean, stuff. This
0: gen has sex with humans, certainly. I mean, I'd have sex with them. I would too. Yes, same. Um,
1: but. um like I don't think it is necessarily always like three wishes you know like that that is sort of you know specific to certain tales or whatever that is not a
0: there's this element too which is very important to the film of like a lot of genius it's it's the sense of like I was tricked I was trapped right which happens to him it's how he ends up in the bottle for too long but like my entire existence as a genie is one of of sort of indentured servitude, right? Yes. Like, you know, the the whole thing with Aladdin where it's like freeing the genie is, is the happiest ending you can give this movie. He doesn't have to be a fucking genie anymore. This Jin, it's like his whole thing is on an emotional level. His entire existence is about being able to make people happy, right? Yeah. It's this idea of like this man who too selflessly loves and gets hurt in the process. Yeah, he's a sensitive soul. Yeah. He's very emotionally bound up in the relationships
1: he yes. gets sucked into yes. by being a djinn.
0: And it's it's about truly wanting to fulfill people's greatest desires. Right. Because like not just having to.
3: There
1: is the sort of classic whatever Aladdin influence like yeah. concept of like the genie is like a concierge and you are the client, and you're just like And hey. it's kind of
0: a curse on this weird creature.
1: Right. And and then, like, you know, there's a, uh, what's it called? You know, the comic book Fables. Uh, uh-huh. Do you
0: ever read that? Yeah, I've, Yes, I've not read all of it. Um, I started, and it's one of many comics I should have finished and never done.
1: By Bill Willingham, it, yeah. we, which which that has this fun thing where, like, at one point, Fables is set in a world where, like, any fairy tale is real. Okay. All of them. And, like, most of the fairy tale creatures live in, like, a big apartment building in Manhattan. <laughs> and these guys come from the Middle East, and, like, they have a genie in a bottle, and everyone is really freaked out because they're like, that's like a nuclear weapon. It can yeah. do anything. Don't like do we it. have to deal with this. This is like, it's like unlimited power, bound within the specifics of wishing and all that. But still, um, here it's a little more like you get this weird friend. Yeah. And he's your companion now. And you guys gotta figure out together what it is you want to do in your life. Yeah. And he's gonna try and help you. But there is this like because it's stories and he's telling stories, it's like it's going to get tinged with tragedy and pathos and, like, ironic, you know, right? Like, you know, like... That's what she identifies in me.
0: Like, I study stories for a living. They all... They have some message to send. all Some moral...
1: Texts. Yes, exactly.
0: Everyone, there's some ironic fucking Twilight Zone twist. I'm going to get hoisted by my own petard. The hubris of the wish. She's like, the only good wish is no wish. Don't make me wish. What would you guys do?
2: Oh, shit. <laughs> yes. I thought so much about this. I'm sure. I don't, I don't, I don't, well, I, all right. I initially was going in pretty confident, like, pff, I would wish the best. My wishes wouldn't be bad. They would turn out good. <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. But, you know, the more you start to like question the logic there, yeah. it's like it could actually go pretty dark. So I'll, I'll say number one thing for me, is I wanna be able to like travel at the speed of light. You wanna be able to travel at the speed so of light. So I can just light. go anywhere I want at any moment. Okay. Like, but can I Italy. ask you a question? want to enter
1: the speed force? Yeah. Is it a thing where you go like you have to run? It's not teleportation.
2: It's kind of, but it's just like, cause light will like move I- fast. No, I know. But do you are, want to have to go through the physical that's motion? What I'm saying oh. of moving. Like just if I'm doing like, it at i like, I can rapid... travel
1: at the speed of light. I want to go to Istanbul. Do I have to physically run, move my body through space, or can I just zap there? Are you the
0: Flash or are you Nightcrawler? Is the question. I would like to Bamf. Is that Nightcrawler? Yeah. yeah, where you just go like, poof, yeah,
2: poof. and you go.
1: Okay, poof, you so go tele- poof. you telepoof. You go. Insta- pups, essentially, pups. instantaneous movement is yes. one of your things. Yes. Yeah. Cool. That is pretty
2: cool. Because I feel like also that's for me. It's yeah. not pushing my shit onto the world or onto other people. Like I just I want to be able to experience
0: things instantaneously. Can you imagine how frustrated you guys would be if I had teleportation powers and I was still late? <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> David would, <happen>. would <laughs> that would happen. That's why I said. Yeah, that would happen. You would be late. <laughs> I mean, I'd be like, hey, I'm sorry, I. Took a while to be. I just, I just delayed doing it. Uh, Do you have your other two wishes, Ben? And then. Wishing Ben? Wishful Ben? Yeah.
2: Um, Part of me was like, maybe I could like breathe underwater in space. But then underwater. Like, so you mean like so I could go through space, but I feel like that would get boring. You after. want perfect yeah. love. There's not a lot. Because space, I could even if I could space travel the speed of light. Yeah. you know what I mean? If I get really out there, like I don't know. All of the the logistics with that. Sure. So I don't know. What about you guys? Give me some give me some of your wishes.
0: I don't know. I do I do watch this movie and go, I have no idea what I would wish for. Me too. That's exactly what? why I asked. I don't know what I'd wish for because of the the way this movie actually sets up a dialogue with the notion of wishing.
2: Okay, all right, here I'll throw out another one then. I wish that I could experience another point of view, perspective, essentially live in someone else's shoes, another thing shoes for an hour uh, anytime. I want to. That's a cool. Like I want to be that. a squirrel. I'm a squirrel now, but I still have my thoughts. And Pretty stuff, small shoes. But I could like go and collect nuts and have fun being a squirrel. Can you get out? If, it's one hour. You get one hour.
1: But can you like, say you go into Squirrel in five minutes and you're like, all right, I get it. I want to leave. Is it or are always, you stuck
2: for an hour?
0: Is an hour the maximum or is it also the minimum? <laughs> you're right. Mm,
2: you're right. Well, because I feel like with genie stuff, it's tricky, right? So it's like, yep. I, it probably, it's like an hour on the clock. But now here's the thing. What if I get eaten? Yeah, I don't know. What if you tell me Fuck. what happens? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, all right. Shit. You're, you're just, just being a squirrel, and enough. then like an
1: osprey devours Damn. you. All right. like, this is happened? why we're pulling back Fuck. on our
2: wishes. I'm top of the food chain then, all right? I'm a lion Oh, the Poachers. <laughs> what Damn does this it?
1: mean? Damn it. Better hope <laughs> you don't mean yourself by that. I, I, I am meant... the one guy who can stop I'm lions. just picturing a genie being like, Beast it's like trying to write all this down and being like, I'm sorry, you are I don't understand what you're trying to tell me here.
0: There's the classic thing where they say, like, you can't wish for more wishes, right? Mm -hmm. Can you wish for more genies? Oh. Has anyone ever exploited this loophole before? Genie says, you only get three wishes. Can't wish for more
1: This is 100% where the genie's like, oh, you're one of those people. You're one of those fucking people. And like, yeah, I wish for 10 genies. (laughs) or what if he's like fine and then he's like Aah! and then like genies start to like emerge from his chest it's like freddy's from, chest like, of it's, souls it's, it's, like body horror yeah and each genie kills the last genie yeah they would be something like that
0: yeah you have to watch the genies yeah so you, you, you yeah. get 10
1: dead genies in your yeah. room and then there's one and he's like all right
0: here i am right i mean that's the final genie you go like obviously my last wish clean up all these dead genie bodies <laughs> right. get these out of here he's like i agree I love even just it's such a George Miller thing, but this movie is like the physiology of the genie. Mm-hmm. There's the sort of arc of what they say. What it's like the the powder and then the gas and then the electromagnetic energy. Right. I'm getting the order wrong, and then the formation of the organs. Like this movie actually has an internal logic to like how does smoke coming out of a a bottle form into an organism? Right. That breathes. Yes, let's walk through the the stories he tells.
1: Um, so as he's like, let me give you some wishes. She's like, well, tell me about the other times you got ended up trapped in this bottle. Yeah. First time, the Queen of Sheba, his cousin yeah. and girlfriend, yeah, the famous figure from the Old Testament, uh, who I heard she was beautiful. No, she was beauty herself. Right, uh, is Itself. played very strikingly by Amito. Lagoom is the name of the actress. she's the Ugandan actress and model-huh uh, she just looks absolutely outrageously cool, yeah um she's and got the hairiest legs she's got genie legs, like, horse like hair, pony leg. legs,
2: yeah,
3: yeah.
1: she's being wooed by King Solomon as is uh-huh. as is a uh, part of her legend,
0: right. He's the like but it's, some of it's not
1: true, right. That he uh, wooed
0: her rather than her wooing him.
1: Exactly. So he's like really uh trying to uh, win her over. There's this incredible sequence where he like plays music for her and then animals
2: come out. fucking right? guitar plays itself. Yes, the instrument's got it, little right. arms. Yes. And okay. a mouth
0: at the top that starts singing. Dude,
2: all of a sudden, yeah, it's like the guitar starts playing. Yeah. But then other elements of the chair he's sitting in starts to play. And he becomes a one-man
0: band. I have no idea how to verbalize this uh-huh i was like a child and you read like just stories or like arabian nights or these sort of stories that have sure, these sure, sure. elements of magical realism where logic is kind of slippery and things like that are very just tossed off right he had an instrument with arms that played itself and as a kid you're like what the fuck anytime i've seen someone try to put something like that in a movie it feels like an effect an idea a shot And then this is like the one movie I've seen where I'm like, this is how this stuff feels in my mind's eye. Somehow this all feels Hmm. weirdly kind of organic despite it being a very heightened stylized film. That's a good compliment. But it also speaks to why this movie is like so insanely expensive for how esoteric it is. Because there's a version of this film you could easily see someone doing where you're like, okay, half of it takes place in a hotel room with two actors. Sure. That is relatively cheap to shoot. And then everything that takes place in their stories... We shoot like in a more stylized, theatrical style, rather than going for any sort of detail. But it feels very old Hollywood, right? Yes. Like
1: these big sets with big costumes, yes. very stately yes. characters, kind of just like in the background, looking cool, arranged.
0: I'm saying, like there's a version of this movie that where I could see the stories feeling more like the Joel Cohen Macbeth, where you're like mm. you found a very
1: yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure.
0: Impressionistic, minimalistic style to represent otherworldliness. Yes. And George Miller was like, no, I'm going to make this like Cleopatra.
1: Yeah, that's what he's doing. He's doing the opposite, right? Because like, right. And I feel like with Macbeth also, it's like there's the whole theme of like, they're all fighting over nothing. Like right. it's cool that it's minimal because it's sort of like, yeah. what is this shit anyway?
0: It's all about the contrast because anytime you cut from the, just the level of ornate sort of world building in these stories back to the hotel room, with its sort of like flat white lighting.
2: That white lighting was getting to me. Yeah. But
0: like,
1: unlike Mad Max, Mad Max Fury Road. Great movie. It's all movement. No one's ever slowing down and having a conversation. Correct. Everything in this movie, as sumptuous as it gets, yeah. is people having conversations or... You know, these sort of like recollected memories that are basically like montage. Like you don't really see the dialogue even. You just kind of like. Within the stories. Right. And they're all
0: so thoroughly Idris is telling from his perspective and his experience. And he is the voice. And with the Queen of Sheba thing, it's like he's kind of
1: lurking. He's hiding. He's peeking. He's watching this play out. And he's like, well, she's not going to go for him, like you know, and like she's sort of watching them, right? Like that—that's really yeah. all there is to it with the yeah. Queen of Sheba, because like eventually the idea is Solomon bottles him up as a way to get him out of the way.
0: It's one of those things where it's like he's like, I I give my love so thoroughly and selflessly to this person. Surely that cannot be betrayed, right? right? It is the first time he understands that he can be hurt by loving right. people. Through um, loving
1: people, and then he's in a bottle for thousands of years. Yeah, because he gets picked up by Gulten, mm-hmm. who is a concubine in the palace of Suleiman the Magnificent, who mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, the uh, Sultan of the Ottoman Empire in mm-hmm. the 16th century. So it's it's a long time later, and she wants classic genie wish. She wants to fall in love with someone. Yeah, she has a crush. Yeah, on Mustafa, his son. Mm-hmm. But like this puts forward something that i'd never really thought about before Mm -hmm. but i really liked which is like what if you die before you're done with doing wishes yeah right like you know and then like the genie's just fucked he's just kind of like turns into a ghost who's just hanging out waiting for someone to pick him up
0: that's cool right right she gets pregnant with his child yes but it's like yeah but the the court's not going to recognize her yes they don't want this child to be the heir to the throne Like this doesn't, the mere fact that he fell in love with you does not change everything. Right, right. I mean, it's so much of what this movie is sort of talking about is like, what what is the impact of love? Mm -hmm. Why do we love? Why do we want it? What can it change in our lives? What can it not? Um,
1: Mustafa, of course, is a real figure that's a real person who was Mm -hmm. executed by his dad because his dad saw him as a threat. Sure. Because he was a very popular warrior. And so on and so forth. Um, weird times. Mm-hmm. Um, and gruesome death too. God. Yes, he's played by Matteo Bocelli. Okay, the son of Andrea Bocelli. Really? Yeah. Hey. You know oh,
0: da da da. that guy. I thought he was in the room with us for a second.
1: <laughs> it's Andrea. <laughs> hello (laughs) do you think that's what he's like can i have a tuna melt that's what he's like at a restaurant i asked for waffle fries sparkling not still (laughs) um
0: what else is there about this because i feel like well this has the the section of uh auditioning the different storytellers doesn't it that sounds right. The, Again, I saw the, this movie a month well, Yeah,
2: the third story is about the. Oh, we're
0: still in the second story because th- this is also where you have the harem, right? Yes, the yes. Crazy harem.
2: Oh, I thought that was in the third and final story. Uh, no, because
1: the, fi- the final story is, you know, the girl in the tower, in the, you know, the Zephyr. There's sort of three sections it's like Queen of Sheba, and yeah. then it's like the Ottoman Empire section, which is like. The death of Mustafa, Gulten gets
0: pregnant and runs away. The story's stop and start. Also, let's mention yeah
1: because they're cutting back right. to them. Yeah. But like, and of course, there is a little sprinkling of Tilda Swinton's character's background
0: as well. Okay, in All her right. boarding school, you yeah. know, like being oh, a oh well, sort this of lonely is really. D- but I think that's such an important piece. It is, you know, of at course. the beginning of the film when she tells the the story about creating the fictional character that's her friend at the at the boarding school, who's represented as like illustrations. Yes. Like he looks like he's literally ripped out of pages. Yeah, yeah. But that she like narrativized a character of a friend beyond just being an imaginary friend, but it was like a way for her to develop her abilities as a writer, as a storyteller, but also creating a sort of fully fleshed person to be her companion. And the more
2: details and the more world building, the less and less she believed. Yes. And the more, and I think she says like at some point she just felt silly and gave it up. Right. Um, to speak to my confusion, it's when he becomes invisible, when she can't make the two wishes, he stays yes. in that world he gets, for like a hundred years yes. as a ghost. He's yes. intangible, and he's just, the bottle is hidden,
0: and he's just like, anyone want to find it? It's under a flagstone, yeah. you know? I love the first time also with Shiva, they, they throw him out of the window, and he ends up over centuries or whatever in a, a cobblestone in yes. a
1: wall and she finds him by accident or whatever right.
0: i love that and
1: that's always that's like true of every it's like he gets found again by chance every time right. it's every like a time. weird yes rube goldberg series of coincidences sure. yeah um so yes you're right eventually um you've got ibrahim the next uh, another sultan right mm-hmm um, who's looking for an heir, right? Right. That's when he's like, "What am I gonna do about this?" Um, and another concubine. But I feel like the, the concubine finding him is not even that important because she doesn't even want to deal with him. She doesn't even want to. She throws him in the sea
0: eventually. No, they so badly need an heir that they like lock this son in a room walled with mink. Well, so, and like, fifteen women, and are just like, just stay in there until you give us a fucking heir.
2: I mean, we're we're getting it mixed up, and it's not like not that important. Really, I just like we'll say like the Ottoman section. It's like there's two sons. There's the bloodthirsty one, yes. and yes. then there's the one that is so just baby that he's literally a baby. He yeah. becomes he's in a, a baby. A right. room yeah. of like just like um, yeah, concubines, and he's like mink lined yes. walls. That's Ibrahim. Ibrahim is the one who
1: gets locked in the hair essentially right. and just let right and then it's uh his so his dad I guess is Ahmed maybe and like yeah I think that's right and then right and he's got the brother who is like a crazy warrior
2: mm-hmm. but so really what this part is just entailing to, to us is that he gets this close to getting Discovered, yeah, right. Hoping that he will then be uh let out finally, yeah. being able to give him a wish. Instead, a concubine finds him and she just kind of throws him into the ocean. And again, again this is all. Right? She's
0: like, I wish you'd get on my fucking face.
2: This yeah. is all
1: real, quote unquote, in that like that's a real person, sure, and he truly did apparently love fur so much that he like wanted to just live in like a fur lined room. It looks gross, and he was obsessed with overweight women. Uh-huh. And they would be, like, provided for him, you know? I mean, it's not, you know? And so, like, he just spent all his time in, like, total sort of, like, extravagant luxury just sitting in his furs with his many concubines Mm -hmm. and his harem of Whereas the
2: older son, he comes back from war and he's just, like, totally ruined. Right, broken. That's when the storytellers come into play. Yes, right. When he's holding court and they're auditioning,
0: basically, people to amuse him. But it's, but it's essentially like, right, this guy is so despondent and broken from his experiences that he's like, I need someone who can distract me from the reality. Once again, this is like, why, why do we fucking tell stories? Why do we need stories? Why do we hear stories? Mm -hmm. I need someone to help me make sense of my, my broken sort of sense of reality now. Right. And if he doesn't like their uh, storytelling, puts him out in a little paddle boat, shoots an arrow. (laughs) It's it's very high stakes.
1: Yeah, but it's also like if you found the gin and wished for power. Yeah. It's sort of like this it's like what would you get? You would get like to be a part of this palace intrigue where you're constantly looking over your back anyway and you're surrounded by crazy, you know, warriors or yeah, you know, right like it's like there's nothing at the top anyway cuz like the first concubine who finds him, she's like I want to I'm in love with that guy. Right. Make it happen. And he's like, okay. then the second one, he's like, please, please make a wish. And she's like, ah, go back in your bottle. Like, you know, like she doesn't even want to deal with him because it's like, when are you going to, you know, I think she goes, I wish you
2: were back in your bottle. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then he gets cast into the sea or whatever. Um, Can you just imagine how fucking annoying that is? You're a genie and you're like, here we go. Ready. Been waiting a fucking thousand years. Ready, ready to grant some wishes. And it's like, my wish, go back to your fucking bottle. Go get your goddamn shine box. Don't, don't grant any in, goddamn he wishes. He
1: actually should say, do you have any wishes, uh, just to be clear, except for wishing me back into the bottle, which That's I'm not the one into. W- There's
0: literally do one that. wish I hate so much. Please don't make it.
1: Yes. Yeah. But no. And so then he is locked in the bottle, and he's recovered in the mid-19th century uh, and given to this wife of a Turkish merchant named Mm -hmm. Zafir and she's like, all right, baby, I want to learn. Like, I want to be, you know, I want to be smart. I want to like gain all the world's knowledge and art. Which is a cool wish. Much better, much better wish. And so he's just like, great. You ever read Oliver Twist? It's a page turner. Start there. (laughs) Then I don't know, you know, the quran that one's good yeah (laughs) he's just kind of like getting books right yeah lady Chatterley's lover this one's spicy yeah he's giving her books and then she's and then they're like that this is like maybe my favorite part this whole dynamic is maybe my favorite part of the. well no the ending is kind of my favorite part of the movie but we'll talk through this no but but right like like the idea of the genie and what do you call the, the the person in charge of a genie Because master is kind of like a weird loaded word at this point. That's what they
0: do in Aladdin, right?
1: Yeah, well, well, you know, Aladdin. No, no, I know this is different. No, I know. But like, then of course that relationship would be emotionally fraught and intense and possibly romantic. But also, it's like, in a world where the genie snaps his fingers and you're the smartest person in the world, then sure, yeah, the genie is just like... Nothing but a computer program who helps you, but like in a world where learning is you and the genie, you know, pouring over things together and learning things together, and like you know, like then it's it's just so romantic. Also,
0: the whole problem with this guy is problem, I say, but like his his issue is that he cares too much and too deeply, right? And but how else could he be a genie? Of
1: course. And that's why it's such a cool dynamic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she's great. That actress she's again. Really, I don't know. Yeah. She's a Turkish actress. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher her name. Burku Golgadar. Golgadar. Okay. But I'm sure I'm getting that yeah. wrong. Uh Golgadar. But uh isn't she she's such a uh, firecracker? Yes. I yes. love her. Yes. Ooh, oh, I should read this article. Twenty year quest. He's been he's been trying to make this movie for 20 this years this is what I'm
0: saying. He optioned this book, the story
1: a long time ago. In the, like probably in the early nineties, right? Yeah. He describes it as the opposite of Fury Road. That's I mean it, it is. Yeah. But it is it's just the scale is still there. The magic is still there. Like the sequence with the giant bodies, you know, yeah. is very Mad maxi. Yes. Don't you think, you know, like yes. uh like and just the exaggeration of almost every like costume and like use the hairy legs from like you know, he can't help but be inventive. No. There'd no. be a way to do this in a more like boring kind of staid you know, traditional costume. Yes. yes, yeah. yeah no. The
2: royalty is really dysfunctional and messed up. Yeah. In this movie,
0: similar to well, he, like Max. hates rulers. Yeah, right. Like he he hates power systems. Right. Yes, He's he hates deeply the people, people place themselves of like, at the. Those top are of them. always going to be rotten.
2: Yeah. And, and these they're rotten and yeah. grotesque. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Even just, I feel like the the size stuff with Idris at the beginning. He eventually shrinks down but I feel like it's so well done. It is really
1: well done. I yeah, think the CGI is really good. I've yeah, seen yeah. complaints about it being junky, and I almost want to watch it again.
0: Not junky throughout, but like having... And like, there's a couple of awkward moments. I think it's painterly, too. I mean, you're like getting into like artistic style, you know? He's telling you fairy tales. I agree. I agree. Right. I'm like, what do you want this to look like?
2: Yeah. Should we just maybe say with this last story, I think it... Leads into the end of the movie. Well, in that he Idris falls in love with this girl, yes, woman, yes, well, Which, with
1: Zephyr, you mean, or do you mean with Tilda's character? Well, no. first with Zephyr, Zephyr. first with Zephyr. Zephyr, and yeah. that's it's very logical. And the way he tells these stories is so swooning, yes. And you just, I mean, the thing with it Elba is you're like, how would someone not be falling in love yes. with this man? Yeah. And then he's playing this character who's so, like you said, overwhelmingly emotional mm-hmm. that it makes sense that he's falling in love. Yeah. But I have seen a lot of people complain that they don't buy the third act development of like, okay, now these two are in love. I mean, which I disagree with. I, I totally am like after hearing all that, I'm like, all right, baby, take me away.
0: Yeah, and you let's crack me open. Look, let's I want I want a bone. Tilda's his backstory is she was married to a guy. Right, they they had a child that didn't go, pregnancy that didn't go. Their relationship fell they apart. They
1: focused, and it was like they focused all their energy on trying to conceive. and yes. when it didn't work, everything was sort of falling apart.
0: Yes, yes. It, I, I, which he I mean tells so gracefully. I feel like visually in such a short sequence, there's a very, very arc good. of their relationship, seeing her with the other, seeing him with the other woman, but even just the baby book, all that shit. And then I'm, the closing the box, all of it. Yeah. All of it. It's really, really elegant shit. And, and just also just like this woman doesn't want to talk about it. She's going to get the story over with as quickly as possible. She's not going to fucking embellish this the way the gen does, but, it, but back to her, you know, like creating this fictional friend as a child, Yes, and then she's just really, really adamant about like, I like my life. I'm happy with my life. I don't need someone else. What are you talking about? And the thing that he unlocks in her is just like anyone who doesn't quote unquote buy the twist, not the twist, but the The development, the turn turn in in the story, yeah, right, sure, yeah, that they fall in love. I'm just like, well, this first of all, this is his fundamental essence as a character.
1: Yes, you fall in love with him. He falls in love with you. Yeah. It's kind of, you're right. It's kind of like bound up in just the experience of having coming to your
0: life. And I think the greatest point this movie comes to is like, what is she falling in love with? More than anything, it is the idea of love. He is reigniting in her mm. the notion of being in love with another person. Right. Because it's ludicrous. Yes. She's like, come live with me. It's like, come live with you. What are you talking about? He's a fucking genie. Right. Like, what is this? And then, and
1: then there's these like almost comical, like her coming home being like, how are you doing? And he's like, oh, you know, I went to the Large Hadron Collider today. Pretty cool. Right. And you're like... What this is going to be their life like but but that's what romance is but right we're like, like we'll w-
0: just figure it out My wish is that you could love me fully and like endlessly and then they have like amazing fucking magic cloud spewful yeah. right? <laughs> right looks incredible and then she just like become vapor come back to London to, uh, uh, with me live in my flat next to my two shitty neighbors right She gets this she
1: gets some jabs in at the neighbors the uh, who are like the neighbors are like ultimate little englander biddies who are like we the- don't like foreigners round here the you know.
0: ultimate you know, vulnerability for her is to admit, like, I think I would like to share my life with somebody, but the thing she had not considered, the reason she'd close herself off to this possibility is like, I've been hurt before. Right. I do not know if I can find someone who will love me so selflessly and thoroughly and not hurt me. I would rather not try than get hurt again. So she's like, well, if I can wish for that love, It's less that, like, I have fallen in love with him in having this conversation with him. It's that he has ignited in her the notion of falling in love, and he Mm. represents the ideal of what you would want from a partner in a magical sense. But then this sort of profound point she gets to of just, like, your love is a lie because I wish for it. It cannot be real if I asked it of you. Aside from the fact that you are turning into dust and dying because the cell phone signals hurt you too much. This isn't love because I wanted it. Right. Wait, wait, so the dynamic it, oh, is sort of
1: broken yes. from the, fundamentally from the start, which is like, makes sense. And that's his sort of curse as a, yeah. but there is the suggestion. Like there has been an evolution in his experience here because every other story, it's like, well, I was in love with someone or I was trying yes. to help someone be in love. And then it fucking ends up with me back in the bottle. Right. And this one feels a little different, but, the, yes, the big twist beyond them moving in together right. is that he can't exist in our modern world yeah. because of the damn 5G signals. This f- damn fucking signals. <laughs> damn cell phones, uh, which are basically turning him into uh, ashes, yes. I guess. Right?
0: They're yeah. like melting him. Yeah, wish number two is I wish you could speak because um, his mouth is all dusty and he can't talk. Yes. And then wish number three becomes what I find very touching. I, I'm going to get the exact detail of this wrong, but she basically says, I wish you are wherever you would be happiest. Right. And he goes back to his like realm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, then he, it's not then as simple he, as a genie. You're free thing. It's it's a like right. you. You need what I want for you is your you need to be state. number one in your own life again. I can't say what that is. Hell yeah. But I want the thing that you want. She's figured it out. She's figured it out. It's and, it's kind of the perfect wish. And
1: it means he can come visit her, which I think is lovely. Like, you know, like there's that code of like, you know, yeah, sure, we're
0: not together, but. Which I think is kind of a direct mirroring of the, of the fucking friend she creates as a child. Right. He right, exists right. in the state of the little paper cutout boy almost, you know?
1: Right. And, you know, they can hang but out in Parliament also, Hill.
0: Which I also, by the way, I where I, I, grew up. I do want to say, I feel like most of this movie is meant to be taken literally, right? Sure. I do think there's interpretation.
1: Yeah, it's not like, she, I don't buy that it's like, oh, she's having some big
0: fantasy of no. this. And it's, it's like her, her
1: emotional development is,
0: no, of course no, yeah. No, even if the other people can't see the things in the earlier moments and whatever, right? But she's narrating this film. We then see her in a park with a book, drawing the jean, closing it up, First page is the first lines of narration we heard at the beginning of the film. Book closed. She turned this into a story. Right. We tell ourselves stories in order to live. This is how we process the events of our lives. Right? This is how we make them palatable to ourselves. And we put them out in the world and hope that they can help other people. Or at least entertain them or distract them or whatever. And then he shows up again. And she says the thing of like, and he still comes to see me sometimes. At that point, I think you can interpret it as... She has turned him into a story so that he can be with her selectively at times. Right. He might not literally be there anymore. Or if he is, is, it is in the sense that like being able to bottle things into stories help us carry them around in a cleaner way. We've taken something large and unwieldy and intangible and turned it into something sort of portable and understandable.
1: And they have an actually healthy dynamic. Yeah. They both helped each other. They forged in an like actual relationship. Emotional and, yeah. like, you know,
0: rewarding ways. Yes. Another thing about this movie I found really fascinating is it's like one of the first movies I have seen that feels like it reflects a quote unquote post pandemic world. I say this with full awareness of the fact that the there's a few
1: like this it. that are acknowledging. There's something like that you might pop on a mask to go in a shop or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. It's that
0: balance thing. Like early when she's giving her TED talk, there's the shot of the crowd and you're like, oh, like 40 to 50 percent of the people in the crowd are wearing masks. Yeah. That new sort of weird reality where it's just like you're going to see masks. It's not everyone masks. It's not peak, you know, like pandemic. And then even in the airport, it's like one of the security guards she talks to has a mask. The other one doesn't. Yeah, she's taking it off when she goes out of the shop. You know, there's that kind of thing. It was obviously in the hopper for 20 years. They started filming it. They were ready to go before the pandemic. But I think the effects of the pandemic have bled into the movie in slightly interesting small ways. And I do think it's like, you know, I'm not going to fucking get full messy Griff here. But it is one of those things of like spend like a year and a half of lockdown being single And then the last year and change or whatever it's been, I've been like trying to date people. And I constantly come back to basic questions that it feels like the characters are dealing with in this movie where it's like, what do I even want out of a relationship? What am I looking for in another person? Why do I want to be with another person? What do I think that gives me? What do I want to give someone else? Yeah, these are complicated questions. They're like complicated questions. And I find this movie's sort of reckoning and questioning with it without any relationship without any neat answers that's and the, but that's the thing it's like this isn't like if i'm oh how, what's that movie about oh it's
1: about the stories we tell each other like fucking do you have a bed nearby that i can sure f- fall you know but that's not just what it's about it's no. not just about that it's about like right the emo- the, the quality of romance like with a person well, like, I also
0: think the difference between love as it exists in like stories and how it exists in reality I'm not even saying stories in fiction but I'm saying the way we talk about being in love the way it is narrativized people falling in love the wedding the marriage working or it not you know how relationships work or don't Versus like what, on a fundamental level, what are you actually looking for? Is there any tangible way to describe it? You know, is it just whatever weird ephemeral thing you feel with another person in that moment, in that place, in that time? Is it the idea of the commitment and the everlasting and the selfless, fully giving? Is ghosting someone when you're just like, ah, I wish you back in the bottle. Ah, the ah ulti- get away from me. The ultimate ghosting.
1: Yeah, exactly. Throw it in the ocean. Yeah. Ugh.
2: Yeah. And then like with online dating, there's less randomness to meeting someone. You're curating kind of around very specific needs, whereas you might just see someone at a bar on the street and it'd be like someone you really have this connection with that you would never like necessarily swipe.
0: Basically how you met your girlfriend.
2: Well, yeah, we met at a bar on Sunday afternoon. Damn right. Doing a bit. Doing a bit. Yeah. Sometimes you just
0: gotta say yes to the bit. You do have to say yes to the bit. Um, but but like I mean he's got the ultimate dating app, which is just uh every thousand years bottle opens up and here's your blind date. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. But it's like the movie is is a
1: little horny. I mean because I remember when it was sort of being yeah. talked about, it was like, oh, he's making like a horny genie movie. But it's also swooningly old fashioned old fashionedly
0: old romantic.
1: Yes. Don't see a lot of that it's,
0: it's got a lot of weird contradictions in its very existence. And I think the movie is very much of a piece and gels with itself. But I think it contains such a weird collection of things and contradictory sort of feelings and moods and, and such. Not even tones as much, but certainly vibes. Yeah. You know? It's, it's jarring yes. at times to go... Yes
2: back to them in the hotel room. Right. Like even the lighting, like I was saying earlier, like it was, the whiteness was like giving me a headache at some point.
0: Yeah, but but like intentional. And, and this is how we used to fucking make movies. Things were not algorithmized and there were not proven franchises on a large scale. So if the right stars wanted to make something, studios would fucking throw some money at it and hoped it worked. And same with a director coming off a big hit. If a combination of all the above, all the better, you know, they look at something and hope it works well on paper. But sometimes you take a fucking flyer on someone because you're like, well, the guy made Fury Road. I don't know. That movie must have seemed crazy on paper. It's that thing we talk about where it's like the true blank check thing is you have a success that almost can't be quantified. The only reason it worked is because this director hit on something where they go. I don't know. I guess do it again. We just have to trust you. And so rarely when people get to that position today do they actually get to make something like this. So often it's like they just re-up for the franchise again. And as much as he's doing Furiosa now... Which he is. A lot of people just don't even do the one for me anymore. That's, that's, that's the depressing part of Whether it. Whether they don't want to or they can't get it
1: made or a combination of both. Is it too hard to get it made or is it more it's like, well you can do a one for me, but you actually need to do three for us because we need sequels fast and we actually, you know, need to get you on that treadmill quickly. Right. And then there's like the more depressing thing of like James Gunn's one for me is making a Suicide Squad movie. that's the
0: ultimate example I was about to bring up because it was already brought up in this episode. It's not, not true. Like that was kind of a personal movie. movie. And I'm excited for Guardians 3. Sure. But it's also kind of fundamentally depressing. A little depressing. That I'm like, you guardians is sort of arguably mad maxi within the marvel tapestry of like characters that no one fucking knew totally very different from the other movies work so much because of your voice and your style and your sensibility clearly the james gunn thing has been quantified and is a sellable thing now and he has chosen to reapply that to different superhero characters like he's gonna do fucking suicide squad and peacemaker yeah. And now when James Gunn has talked about, it's just about like, well, is he going to go back to DC full time? Or do you think he'll ever do a Marvel movie again or whatever? And I'm just like, I want to see the thing that James Gunn wrote 20 years ago that he couldn't get financed. Yeah. I, me he, too. There are tons of those scripts. I'm they sure exist. he's got them. He's him. talked about them. Let's do it. Some of them he's like fucking passed off and like, you know, produced Brightburn or whatever, you know, half developed ideas, the Belco experiment. But I'm like direct something that is something you can make now because you've made these films rather than making another one of those films. Well, it doesn't help that this movie isn't doing very well. It doesn't. It's a bummer. Uh,
1: but I'm but so also, happy it exists. Happy it exists. I'm so fucking happy it exists. Well, let's do the box office game, speaking of.
2: Oh, wait. Can I quickly, though? I thought of at least one better wish. Oh. And I think David in particular liked this wish. A sandwich. A magical sandwich.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Not, not, All right. not interested. Somebody's interested. So... You have this magical sandwich. Anytime you want it, you can just design a sandwich. And it materializes. You eat it. And then it's re- it resets. Basically, you have a sandwich for life. Any sandwich you want. That
1: sounds fine. Why can't we think bigger? Why can't I make any food I want in front of me for life?
2: i love sandwiches yeah that's fine and it that's feels like response. then it's like that's too many response. options you know what yeah, i mean then, then you're i'm just like sitting there being like i don't it's like, know i'm, I'm sitting, right. at, yeah, <laughs> I'm sitting <laughs> at fucking hbo max like what the fuck do i want sure watch? analysis yeah. paralysis yeah i but, you know, always I s- want a sandwich but there's a lot of kinds but i guess you would just
1: be like whatever you know it's yeah so you're i'm bound by the parameters of the sandwich yeah it's but like, wait a second yeah can you make a hot dog with this power. Is a hot dog a sandwich. Can you make
0: a hot dog? This is the question is a hot dog a sandwich. All right, moving on. Um I, I don't want to harp on this, but I just want to say this quickly. Talking about the the release of this movie and then the performance and everything, which I, I think we all agree kind of unavoidable. Uh, Weird movie. It was unavoidably not going to do well. It no. maybe could have done better than it did. Right. So I just the one thing I want to spotlight within this is uh Mike DeLuca had this like eighteen month, two-year run as the head of MGM, right? Yeah, my Deluca we talked about wrote uh, in the Mouth of Madness, and was a, a New Line Studio exec, and has sort of bounced around for years. We did a lot of movies at Sony, but like went back to MGM and was sort of like, I think we can fill a hole in the marketplace. What are the movies that aren't being made anymore? Teamed up with Annapurna, you know, and we're like we want to make like movies for grown-ups, small to mid-sized films that the studios are dropping but are a little bit too big. So they make like House of Gucci, which works at the box office, Liquor's Pizza, which does okay, but obviously works critically, gets Oscar nominations, whatever. And it kind of felt like, oh, here's like a new force of like getting shit back up. They get the distribution for this movie. And you're sort of like, okay, MGM's like slotting into an A24 adjacent space with maybe slightly more commercial things. And then Mike DeLuca has now been hired by Warner Brothers to sort of take over their film division. MDM is sort of abandoned. And it just already feels like the dream of this thing is maybe a little bit out the window. And now he's just back into the Warner Brothers thing, which all we're reading in the press is all the Warner Brothers hand-wringing of how do we just reestablish the franchises in the biggest ways and get rid of anything that feels even slightly risky. Mm, I don't know. But I, I do think that's partially the reason this movie has been a little orphaned. Yeah, it's partially. This was kind yeah. of like the last movie of the DeLuca run, but DeLuca's out the door already. That's part of it. The other part is it's just. It's weird. Weird. Um,
1: I think Warner Brothers is going to be. It's it's up. It's, it's yes and no. It's good that Warner Brothers is like, we need to release movies in theaters again. Great. It's not great that they're like, oh my God, what do we do about Aquaman? But that's also, it's what the trades care about now. So like that's all they fucking care about. That's all they ask about. It's all they think about. Yeah. What's you know, the flash Aquaman, you know, what you know, and it's like it just becomes this like overwhelm there's other shit will slip through and other, you know, whatever. It's been such a year for non-franchise stuff actually making money that like that will reflect. It always does. Like the winds do always shift.
0: We talk about the Idris thing in this, like, why hasn't he quite had the gotten the the sort of hold as an A-list star? And it is like the The weird element of like, in a certain way, the most important thing about being a bankable actor is having a big enough franchise that is everlasting, ongoing, indefinite, right? So that whenever you're promoting your smaller movies, they can ask you questions about the next movie in that franchise and those answers go viral. It's what you're talking about. It's like, the, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of if these are the only movies that we report on, they're the only movies that are getting oxygen.
1: Yeah. But
0: I just think that's not going to be true after this year. Uh, this year was great. I hope. The next couple months are bleak. And this is the first really bad weekend in the run of studios not releasing a ton of stuff. But yeah. also traditionally the worst weekend of the year. Yeah, always this is at the just, just a slow time.
1: Yeah. Um, I lived through 2020 and 21 box office reporting. Like, I, I, I'm just simply not going to be cowed. Oh, it's been a lean September. I'm like, Bitch. The the twisted was like number one for six weeks what, or whatever it was I, yeah, called. Absolutely. I and wish- I was, you know, it was all theaters are gonna die. Top
0: Gun Maverick just made a billion and a half dollars, not with without China. I wish there was more coming out, but that having been said, There's you look at the beginning out. of this year and you're like, oh yeah, right. So recently every movie but below number six at the box office was making less than a million dollars yeah
1: and no one's talking about the Warner Brothers thing it's like it's they got sold AT&T has more money than the Discovery Channel yeah they got sold by one of the most powerful companies in the universe to the Discovery Channel to a, to a company they that's have less money
0: smaller than they are
1: yes like so obviously they have to fucking cook up I'm not saying it's good it's just like not why bad. do you think they're cutting costs yeah. it's not because cinema is dead it's because stupid corporate nonsense get over it you get over streaming it. is the thing. That's I love maybe Discovery dead.
2: Plus, <laughs> they have great programming. Okay? Ben's been watching fucking Chip and cabin Masters. Yeah, now, uh, I love a House Hunter International. He's not
0: even joking. Number one at the box office is The Invitation. The Invitation, it's just a, one of those weird, tiny number one. Grosses. Wasn't it called The Bride? Is
1: that what it was? It, it, it changed its name to The Invitation, which is the name of a better movie. Yes, bad title.
2: Um. There's a show called Good Bones, but don't let it fool you. It's about the, the, the bones house has of the
1: house. Bones, yeah. Yeah. It was called The Bride, and then it was renamed The Invitation because supposedly, like, the bride tested poorly with men. That sounds like some made-up shit, though. Absolutely. Um, but anyway. I, Invitation,
0: not... bad title for that movie, has been used too often, too frequently, too recently. Um, but from what I'm actually aware, it, it's a Dracula movie. It, it's 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 a, like it's a in, modern bride of Dracula right, sort of right. You get film. invited to the you know yeah. to the manor and guests and if is people think we're her. spoiling it. The trailer spoils everything. It's yeah, one of it's those one trailers. Of those, the whole movie truly it just, where yeah. the trailer has three acts and the last shot of the trailer. You're like that might be the last shot of the film. <laughs> I feel confident that might be the final <laughs> shot. Uh, I want to see it. I feel like people say it's not very scary, but kind of good. Okay, I'll check it out. I, on, I'm probably a big on Natalie Emanuel fan.
1: I'm, I do love her. She's yes, absolutely, I'm happy she finally uh, got a leading role. Uh, absolute charmer. Uh, number two at the box office is an action film um, based on a either is it book bullet or train? a comic book. Is it a comic book? I believe train it's or? a novel. Novel.
0: Uh, bullet train, which has made
1: eighty million dollars and almost two hundred worldwide.
0: Have you seen you see it? Quiet? I haven't. I found it pleasantly distracting okay i'll check it out basically is what i ask for from movies like that i was days. on vacation when it came out Yeah, but no, uh I, the reviews were harsh enough that like after being excited by the trailer i was like oh is this gonna be a real fucking bummer and i watched it and i was like this kept me entertained the entire time it has good performances in it
1: yeah i'll check it. and I, I love pip i love yeah
0: pip. um
1: uh number three at the box office stars the star of this movie Star of this movie. It is Idris Elba's beast. Which I hear is fun. I've also heard is fun. And it's quietly made 20 mil despite like quasi not existing Yeah. He fights a, is it a tiger or a lion?
0: Lion. Fights a lion. With rabies, I think this lion's is like fights a, just fights lion. a lion yes. yeah he's like taking his daughters on a safari and there's like a lion that's out of control and they're like stuck in a car and he's like I gotta figure out how to fucking kill and this it, lion it's
1: about to Coma Coma movie and that guy kind of makes good that guy's like good. watchable thrill like Everest, Everest is really good Contraband is, Contraband like is really better good. than it should be I haven't seen the last but people stuck up for a drift people thought a drift was fun Oh yeah, Shailene I never Woodley. saw a drift. Yeah. Uh like, you know, that got like it's like, you know, the guy's not gonna punch above his weight. He makes you a fun little, you know,
0: but he arguably does punch a little above his weight. He just or, knows what his weight
1: class that's is. That's what I'm saying. Like he's not he's not gonna make anything too fancy no. here. So Idris Elba is gonna punch a lion or whatever. I you don't wanna say, see that? I to know, say a, that?
0: Almost to his credit, and I know this will sound bizarre coming from me. I hear he was like one of the guys Universal really wanted on Fast and Furious, maybe for eight. Cause most of his films have been universal sure and he was like no I want to work small I don't want to make something that big
3: okay
0: he just kind of was like I don't I don't want to be Jeremy Cullett, Sarah I like making movies where I can punch a little bit above expectations
1: right right anyway. number four at the box office yeah has been out for 14 weeks okay it's made 4.7 million dollars in its 14th weekend
0: it, it is Top Gun Maverick it's Top Gun Maverick which is kind of getting uh, just boosted at the end of the summer. Yes. People are coming back around to you it. You know why? Why? It's a very, very fun
1: movie to see. It is fun. Very fun movie to see at the movie theater. Yeah.
0: They've like put it back in more screens. I think they they have been putting it back on it's, premium it's formats. Ranks, it's, here's its rank at
1: the box office over the 14 weeks. Yeah. One, one, two, three, two, two, three, four, five, five, six, two, four, four. I mean... It has not dropped out of six. Six is the lowest it's been in 14 weeks. And
0: it's only it's been going up again. It's just chilling. Yeah, Yeah, and then it went up. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. Have you seen it? No. Wow. Pretty good. You're like the only person in America. Yeah, you're kind of the only one. I saw it three times in theaters. And it's not even like I was. I saw it twice and I kind of want to do one more. It's just, it, it just like it's not, it's not anywhere close to my favorite movie of the year. It's It's, not the movie mm, I enjoyed the most. mm, But but I'm like. It's You know what's fun? It's up there Going for me. Going to a theater and watching that. What a fun experience.
1: I'm doing the gong, you know, from the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number five at the box office was number one the week before. Huh. It's from Crunchyroll Studios, that major oh, distributor. Right?
0: I forgot that this was number one. Is, is the title just Dragon Ball Super? Dragon Ball Super colon superhero, okay. obviously. I couldn't remember if there were two supers. Remember Broly?
1: Yeah, how's he doing? I think okay.
0: Uh, it's made thirty million dollars in two weeks. I mean, that ain't nothing. Look, I I agree with you that everyone needs to calm down about death of cinemas. And I think the the rise of these short run anime releases making tens of millions of dollars in theaters prove that like, no people want to see things in theaters for the right movie. There are underserved audiences. Yeah, for there example, are genres that have always been see viewed beasts? as not commercial enough. That if you put in theaters, people will fucking vote with their dollars and rush out to see opening weekend.
1: DC League of Super Pets is number six. Yeah, okay. 3,000 Years of Longing is number seven. Not great. Open to two? Uh,
0: 2.9. Okay. Uh, So almost three. This is not that I'm any sort of fucking distribution genius, but this is the classic example of a movie for me where I'm like, you should have released this on 600 screens maximum.
1: That would be the... Cl- Apparently, a wide release was either built into its contract or demanded by multiplexers. Both of these things have been reported. Okay. The latter makes a lot of sense to me. that multiplexers were like, hey, do you have a movie of movie stars? Can
0: we have it? Yeah. We need stuff. But I'm like, 600 is a reasonable size. It, and then you can pump it up weekend two or three. But it's like, this is a movie where you want fewer screens more full the first weekend to build some word of mouth from the people who like it. Rather than having everyone report on this fucking sixty million dollar movie leaded turd. Um number eight of the box office. <laughs> I hate that they sound like that. Yeah. yeah I Minion, don't like that
2: they sound like that either. Is
1: Minions the Rise of Crew. Uh-huh. Another number, big hit. Huge Huge massive hit. Fat titty hit exactly <laughs> titties so big it's number <laughs> fat minion titties flopping around the box office number nine is Thor Love and Thunder which despite horrible buzz and bad reviews has also just kind of made 750 million dollars worldwide yeah. you know right just- it's another
0: movie that people are like a flop palooza and you're right. like highest grossing Thor movie yeah just and hi- barely but hi- yeah. highest grossing Thor movie without being released in China, Russia and Correct. like maybe two other territories it Correct. outgrossed Ragnarok
1: now number 10 I just wanted to get to number 10 is a film that has outgrossed Scream
0: bullet train mm-hmm. dc
1: league of super pets sure morbius yeah jackass forever yeah everything everywhere all at once it is
0: quietly we were texting with the doughboys our friends about the underperformance of this movie and the amount of original films that have sort of surprised at the box office this mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. elvis
1: elvis has done very well that's, that's done way better than this movie. nope yeah. if it's even nope you know, nope's at number 11 it's made 120 million dollars yeah
0: um This is quietly the little engine that could of 2022. Yep. Where the crawdads sing. Chirp, 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 chirp. Over 80 domestic. Yes. For a movie
1: that got horrible reviews. worldwide. And literally the day it came out, my publication published a giant story about the woman who wrote the book, possibly murdered someone. Yes. And is still wanted for murder. Holy shit.
0: And yet people are like, you are singing. Oh will go. It stars Daisy Edgar Jones. Well, we love her, of course. But like the biggest name attached to this movie it's is not Reese Witherspoon as producer. Correct. Yes. That's like I mean that's a movie that most places would go. You punt this to streaming. There's not a place for this in the theatrical marketplace. People are leaving their homes to go see where the crawdads sing. I wouldn't. But they did. They went and saw. It's it. It's encouraging. Number 14 in the box office Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Re released tying to IMAX, Andor. They right. put in IMAX only. Yeah. Made it IMAX has, bucks. has been in this weird zone of just like, so what do we do? We want to see ET. Yeah. Jaws coming back this weekend. That's cool. And 3D. Jaws 3D? I guess he Jaws 3D. It's okay. Jaws 1 three in 3D, not Jaws 3D, in 3D. Yeah. That's it. You've seen a lot of movies lately. Yeah.
1: You I'm, this, this is, I'm in now. Three thousand years of longing was sort of weird exception because because of when it came out, but now sure. I'm now in festival mode where the movies are getting loaded into my mouth like donuts.
0: You said you're not sure if this is still your number one. No, it might not be. Do you want to say or is it too premature? The thing you told me was was fighting for the spot right now.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, Tar. You love Tar. Love Tar. You
0: want to talk Tar?
1: Tar is going to be very divisive. I think. Can't wait um it's about it's a two hour 40 minute movie with cate blanchett as a conductor who gets canceled
2: oh this is an avatar
1: it's not avatar although i'm excited for avatar
0: and we will be talking that tar at the end of the we year sure will i was like damn james had a take all right
2: <laughs> <laughs> Shit. i don't know what he did about <laughs> classical
0: music
1: yeah uh I do love Tar, and I'm just about to see a bunch of movies, so we'll see yeah. like how it all settles. And it's always an unsettled time. Funny
0: Pages. We were just both talking <sighs> about Funny Pages before the record, which yeah. Ben is not seeing would love, but I want to shout that out, because that's a movie uh, in limited release, but it's it's playing in many cities. It's in like 20 different cities right now. That and movie I, is fucking hilarious. It's wonderful. And it's I, I'm also... biased. Owen Klein's an old friend of mine, but oh, well, sure. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful movie uh, that I highly recommend to our listeners. And I said this before the record, but yes, yeah, incredibly funny movie. Good movie to see with a crowd. Yeah. Great movie to see on a big screen. Yeah. Um, but it also feels to me like when we watch someone's first film in a mini series and you see the rough first film where the whole thing is there. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like when we go back and go like, Oh, the whole voice and the perspective and the point of view and the style is there. I, I think Owen Klein's gonna have a really interesting career as a filmmaker. And I think it's a wonderful movie.
1: Um, Recommend that Just a lot of exce- You know
0: I'm about to see The Fablemans baby Look You're, you're not There's it, not like 3,000 years of longing But three weeks Of break from Kubrick Is what this is kicking off
1: That's true Next week we're talking Pinocchio Pinocchio I don't think I'm gonna like As much as this movie
0: I also am feeling that way But what a surprise It would be <laughs> oh, if, it,
1: if it eclipsed our High you If know, we wildest- were charmed By
0: Pinocchio Should I rewatch The original Yeah it's
1: a good movie. It's good. Um, and then we're gonna do the Woman King because Gina Prince Bythewood has a big yes. movie coming out in September as well. So they all come, we're all coming week after week after you know. Yeah, and then we will be back to Kubrick with Doctor Strangelove. Yeah, with Sean Fantasy. Fuck it, I'll just yeah, announce say it. it. Yeah. say it. Most get excited.
0: Guests. dorks. Yeah, we it's fucking, a good episode. We got him on. It's a good episode. Yeah, uh, but see so yeah, next week Pinocchio's. And let's say this. Should we say it? Uh
1: yeah, well, I don't know
0: what, but okay. Talk about another long. Oh, requested... oh the guests on Pinocchio. Yes,
1: yes, yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, we haven't recorded it yet, but they'll 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 show up.
0: Yes, barring any catastrophe, if this has not been cut out, Griffin I think isn't it... lying. His nose has stayed the same size. My nose has stayed size. the same size. <laughs> uh, uh, long overdue, the podcast, the ride. Uh, guys, the good boys themselves. Uh, Scott Gardner, Jason Sheridan, Mike Carlson, all three of them will be talking Pinocchio with us. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Woman King I think will do solo I believe so
1: and then yeah back to Kubrick and you know yeah it's gonna be uh, Strange Love 2001 A Space Odyssey Clockwork Orange Barry Lyndon The Shining Full Metal Jacket Eyes Wide Shut
0: I it's know. quite a run
1: you
2: those? know what's fucked up what Um, let me just double check here to yeah. see mm-hmm. Full Metal Jacket will be our 400th episode
0: is that right wow
2: isn't that sick yeah that is sick
0: huh isn't that sick in the head that's sick in the head that's totally twisted and out of control. Fucking twisted. All right, I got to eat something.
1: Jesus. All yeah, right, we're done. We only had a magical sandwich. I know.
0: Don't you wish... I mean, Ben's right. It is kind of the ability I want mid-record is just like, give me the exact Chicken sandwich parm, I'm thinking boom. of.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is a wonderful masterpiece, and I can't wait to watch it many more times Look, go see years. it in theaters if you yeah, can. Yeah, go see it in theaters if it's even available hey, at I,
0: this point. I, look, it's not going to be there for long try to catch it when you can. If you're going to see it, it certainly benefits from being seen on big screen. Yes. Yes. And also, vote with your dollars. Yeah, please do.
2: And tell us your wishes, guys. Tell us
0: your wishes. Tell us your
1: wishes within reason.
2: And here's my greatest wish.
1: No wishing for being on this podcast.
2: Yeah, no wishing for that. No, No, (laughs) And if you say longer episodes... Oh, (laughs) oh, baby. Oh, boy.
1: I'm going to go bad genie. I'm going to go Jafar genie (laughs) on your ass. No.
0: And if you say, I wish I could be on the blank episode, you're banned. (laughs) Banned. Banned. New rule of the podcast, we only book people who don't want to be on the show. (laughs) Uh, Here's my greatest wish. And even Idris would accept this because it's a true reflection of my deepest darkest desire hmm. I wish that you would rate and subscribe I wish that you'd show your appreciation to Marie Barty for social media and helping produce the show AJ McKee and Alex Barron for our editing Joe Bowen Pat Reynolds for our artwork Lane Montgomery and the Great American Novel for our theme song You, I wish I wish you'd type blankcheckpod.com into your browser for links to some real nerdy shit including blankcheck special features at Patreon commentaries on franchises like Roger Moore, James Bond, and some fun Kubrick bonuses we have coming up. And Confess Fletch this month, the new Fletch movie.
2: Yeah, we're going to do a little one-off
0: fun bonus episode about the new Fletch movie. Doing that at the end of the month, because that's when it's coming out. Uh, And as always, I think all three of us really, really want a sandwich right now.